They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL prime time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? How you like me now? It's on. on. Monday Night Football tonight. First time since 2011. You know, the other day we, we did a November 30th, 1993, where were you? We don't need to do a 2011. Where were you? Just know that they weren't playing Monday Night Football between then and now, and now your Jacksonville Jaguars are ready to rock and roll. A Mokama Beer Company Monday, and yeah, we are fired up. We've got a loaded show, uh, and we're definitely going to tear into all angles of this Monday Night Football game tonight, and then we're going to look back at everything uh, from the weekend, including the College Football Playoff Committee and what they did. Now, we're minus Mia today because she's got the kickoff show to host, along with Hayes Carline, later on today down at Tailgater. So we'll check in with her a little bit later on uh, and look to uh, the center of the – Coach. If yeah, if you're on YouTube, you see Coach Campo hanging out with us to get the party started today. Uh, with Monday Night Football because we've got a, a loaded hour of guests, including Hall of Famers and Kurt Warner and Troy Aikman, uh, which Coach set up. So we're ready, fired up and ready to go, Coach. Absolutely. This is big. This is big for the community. This is big for us. It's yeah. big for the players. Uh, they love to play on Monday night. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a fun game tonight. And, yeah. and, and Big, you I, I know you have to remember the night. Do you remember the night games more? Are they clearer in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the night games are more special to me because, listen, you're center stage, you're only going on TV, everybody's watching, family, friends, uncles, aunties, nieces, whatever you want to call it. They're watching uh-huh. the Monday night football game. And I always took great pleasure in playing the Monday night football game because – First of all, it was Hank Williams. You know, Hank Williams saying Monday Night Football. They don't have it anymore. <laughs> but as a as a player, you wanted to go out there. You wanted to hear that music to get you wrapped up. So, yeah, yeah I, I loved Monday Night Football. So, the most memorable Monday Night Football I had here as a Jaguars probably with uh, the block field goal and the Bill Cowher almost punch. Ooh, that Chris was a Hussie. great that night. Was class, I believe that was 97. That was 97 when we played the Steelers. And, I, I, and we blocked the field goal, and Chris Hudson scoops it up, and then Bill Cowher's – Coming off the sideline like he wants to throw a punch and we yeah. score and we we win the ball game. Yeah, was, he kind of rares up a little bit. Uh, We're yeah. in the press box. It's on the opposite side, and they say legend has it. I'm sure someone can remind me of it on the text line uh, that it was very close to where Woody Hayes was mm. when he did do something like that, Matt Hayes, and he ultimately that, that got w- bounced. That was that. Well, that that might have been a career decision yeah. by Bell. An <laughs> infamous moment for Woody Hayes. That's yes, for sure. Yes. My first victory yeah. as a head coach with yeah. the Dallas Cowboys was on Monday Night Football. Nice. Against the Redskins and Norv Turner. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Norv had left. Had Dallas. left and gone. He was the head coach of the Redskins, yeah. and and he almost didn't shake my hands. He didn't look at me. I know that when I came across. <laughs> but we did shake hands. That's okay. beautiful. All right. So you can, if you want, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Some 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 MNF memories if you have them from your Jaguar days back in the day. But the bottom line is, is we're a dozen years removed, and as we. Uh, finished our show on Friday. One of our texters reminded us, one of our nooners, that the last time Jacksonville played Monday Night Football, Trevor Lawrence was 12 years mm-hmm. old. It yeah. gives you an idea. Well, 
Well, I mean, listen, this Monday night football game that the Jaguars are getting has a lot to do with how they played last year, to be mm-hmm. quite honest with you. I mean, you have to be deserving to be on Monday night football. They just don't give them away all willy-nilly. And the reason why the Jaguars hasn't been on Monday night football for the past 12 years is because it wasn't much to show. But but last year, with the run that they made with Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs against the Chargers and all that kind of stuff, they earned this Monday night football game, and they should definitely go out there and compete come tonight, which I feel they will. And I know that it's not going to be necessarily the number one thing the Jaguars will be thinking about, but a number one seed is clearly up for grabs. Last night, the Kansas City Chiefs lose. And I tell you what, Green Bay may not have the record that says so, but I don't know too many people that want to deal with the Green Bay Packers right now. Hell of a called game by Matt LaFleur. Mm -hmm. Hell of a played game by Jordan Love. Uh, and all of those receivers. You thought it was just Christian Watson, Matt. Uh, Dobbs and on and on and on with guys making plays last night. No Aaron Jones. He's been gone for a couple of weeks now. But the bottom line is they peppered the Kansas City Chiefs with big plays. Wait, why have we buried the lead today? Mm -hmm. A win tonight in this franchise is the number one seed. Yeah, we didn't bury it because we've already said it. That it is up for grabs. number one seed. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Well, man. right now, yeah. here's what you've got. I don't know how got. well that works out for us. Yeah, but, yeah but once you get on, once you move into that spot, yeah, you got to be knocked yeah. out, man. Yeah. It's a showpiece. I remember not so long ago, we were the number one seed. It didn't work out too well. Well, that, just because you all didn't handle it well, doesn't mean other people didn't handle <laughs> that's it well. That's true. That's true. I'm <laughs> just saying, bro. All I'm saying is once you get to one, <clears throat> somebody has to knock you out of there. Well, here's not where some we are. Random, it's not some random committee that says you're not number one anymore. Right, which we will get to the committee, believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's where we are. In, just in terms of the way it shakes out right now is that you have other nine-win teams, the Miami Dolphins and uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens, when you take a look at where they are at, okay? A nine-win team for Baltimore is coming into Duval in a couple of weeks. You certainly can take care of business there. The Miami Dolphins destroyed uh, an easy opponent yesterday in the Commanders. And so you now can move past the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the number one seed. And I know, Leon, it's got to be in the back of their minds when they're, they're starting to think about this just a little bit. Don't let it be the number one thing, right. but, that, but it definitely is one of the things. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars just need – I mean, they can't be worrying about what, what Kansas City do. If they handle their business, these five of the next six games, they're going to be favored in it. I mean, even the Ravens game might be a pick em depending on – how they do today. So, I mean, if they take care of business the way they should, Kansas City losing, that's fine and dandy. But if they just take care of business these next six weeks and the road to the Super Bowl has to come through Jacksonville, that's something special right there. Well, they certainly have a lot to play for, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. And the next uh, really six ball games are all playoff games as far as I'm concerned because Mm -hmm. if you're going to finish where we're talking about, and Matt's absolutely right, once you get there, they got to knock you out. Mm -hmm. Well, they got six opportunities and they got to make sure – Starting tonight, that's the key. And then next week, uh, it's back at it again. Well, here's the thing, Coach. Here's what I hope this team doesn't do, okay? I hope they're not lulled to sleep, all right? Joe Burrow's not playing. Right. You know, Deshaun Watson not playing in that game. So these next two games are pivotal, that they stay on point, don't play to the level of their competition, play the same efficient football that they'll be playing on offense, and play that same dominating that they're playing on defense. And if you take care of business, you take care of your business, I mean, this team could be rising to the top real soon. And you got to look at Cincinnati now. Cincinnati has uh, championship DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been to the, the final yeah. game a couple times here recently. And to be honest with you, they've got some firepower now. You know, it's up to us to come out fast and get after them and make them think, hey, wait a minute, uh, we're not just coming in here. We, we don't have all the 
mm-hmm. excitement going here. They got some. So, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be important. When I when I look at it and, and just trying to, to kind of mirror the, the quick start that they had this past Sunday, they were able to take control of that game. Now, it was a back-and-forth game. It ended up coming down to the end with a doink off the crossbar at the end by the kicker in Houston, but they were able to get out to a quick start. And I maintain to all of you is that a, a leaderboard that you are on top of, in other words, you look up and it's Jacksonville 7 nothing, it's Jacksonville 10 nothing, it's Jacksonville 13-3, whatever it is, it will open up the doors for this defense to be able to get after Jake Browning. You know, the initials of the quarterback, JB, it ain't Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. It's Jake Browning. And last week, he was held to about, I don't know, 200, 220 yards with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, man. And if they can – this this Jaguar defense do to him and even more than what they did to C.J. Stroud because they finally got to C.J. Stroud late in that game. It'll be a long night for that cat. I mean, honestly, Browning's a better player than Pickett. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be much more concerned about Browning than I would be about Pickett mm-hmm. and what Browning has around him in that offense. And it's not just the receivers. It's Mixon, too. And they're pretty good on the offensive line. So I'd be wor- much more worried about Browning mm-hmm. than Pickett. So this is like, like – this is. I know it's a ten point line. I get all that, but the Bengals are going to come here and play, man. They are oh, of course, it's pride. And by the way, it's Zach Taylor coaching against his, his yeah. brother, Impress Taylor. They both have the play sheet out tonight. But the Kenny Pickett part of this, he went out when they fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. He went out and threw for fifty more yards than he had his entire season to this point. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in part because of the coaching change, and it's also in part to the that defense. That defense gives up its fair share of play. That's the difference in the game, in my opinion. You know, when you look at uh, Browning, uh, his it's a small uh, sample size, but he's been in three games this year. One is a starter. Mm-hmm. His QBR quarterback rating is the same as Trevor's. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's over you know a bunch of more games for Trevor, so it's much more reliable. But their defense now they're not real good against the run or the pass or third down. So we've got to make some things happen there for sure. And then, you know, we've got to stop the run and force the ball into Browning's hands and see if he can see yeah. if he can beat you. And and if you can stop the run, we're gonna get a rush on him. There's no question. A Mokama Beer Company Monday. They are up there in Fernandina. If you are making the trip in for Monday Night Football, you're coming in from the north, just roll through historic Fernandina. Look for them right there on South 8th Street. They have their wildlife location also up in Nassau County, uh, which they are serving their great craft. Seven days a week, they serve that awesome coffee. You can get that. And then Tuesday through Sunday, their craft creations, and it's across the board. Pilsners, lagers, sours, fruited, IPAs. You can really just start to taste them as I describe them. Check them out, mocama.com or right there in Fernandina Beach. So a quick thought, college football playoff. It comes out because we got Kurt Warner coming up in a couple of minutes. But, Matt, they are just beside themselves. I've never seen in concert the athletic director, the commissioner of the conference, the quarterback, the coach, they all came out with tweets at about the same time saying, hey, CFP committee, you suck. Okay, now they did it in a different way, but that's basically what they said. Because Florida fine. State if, was hot and bothered. If you just want to say they suck, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, but to say that Florida State got ripped off or they've been cheated or look, the poll is an opinion. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, always. Everyone has and will knew be. the rules when the season began. Everyone did. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're unbeaten. Unbeaten doesn't mean anything. It's the four best teams. So what the poll did, what the committee did on that day, on that night, on that morning, Sunday morning. 
We think Alabama's a better team than Florida State. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, and that's I, I, it. So if you want to get mad about that, that's fine. But you can and you can go into all those little mental gym, gymnastics you want because none of it is means anything because it's an opinion. Their opinion yeah. is Alabama's the better team. Right. That's right. it. And I think that's what everybody's missing. <clears throat> you know, you hear people talking about, well, how can they start out of four, then drop after they beat a team and it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the last poll is the last poll. Mm-hmm. It is an eye test. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's it. More than anything else. And uh, look, we're going to talk about it, argue about it throughout the course of the week uh, and definitely let you give your opinion when it comes to that because it is a hot, hot, hot topic uh, in irony or whatever, the sadistic mood of the college football playoff committee. They put Georgia and Florida State against each other in the Orange Bowl. All right. Let's get it back to the Monday Night Football Showcase tonight. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the booth tonight. His name is Kurt Warner, and he joins us right here on XL Primetime. Uh, Kurt, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're fired up. And, and you know, it, we can't help it. Uh, the city's excited. All of Duval is, Kurt, because it's not been since 2011 that this team has hosted a Monday Night Football game. But for the brand and the, and, and the team today – how good do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars are based on what you've seen so far? Um, I think they're good. Uh, I don't think they're to that kind of great or elite category quite yet. I still think they're a couple years away from that and just kind of adding some seasoning and maybe adding some, you know, some different playmakers specifically on defense. Um, but I think they're a really good team. You know, I think they're one of those teams that is good enough across the board, has enough playmakers that they can beat anybody in the league. Um, but I'm really interested to see them come playoff time, uh, going against good team after good team after good team, how they stack up, and if they've got enough guys that can make those game-changing plays to, to win in the playoffs. Now, Kirk, what do you, what do you think about Trevor? Do you, I, do you like his transition? Is, is he an elite quarterback right now? Is he still in metamorphosis? Uh, I, I would say he's still growing, um, but he's growing every year. You know, I mean, we all can kind of chalk up that first year to, to what it was. Uh, I think Doug has done a tremendous job of coming in and building an offense that makes sense, um, that it has answers, that Trevor really understands what they're trying to do and where he's supposed to go with the football. So I continue to see growth uh, from obviously his first year to his second year, um, you know, but as he continues to grow in this offense, uh, as they put playmakers around him, uh, I see a young quarterback that has all the potential to get to that elite category. I think the thing for me with Trevor is I want to continue to see him make the layups. And what I mean by that is the reads and the throws that that I know he can make, that I've seen him make a bunch of times. Starting quarterbacks and specifically elite quarterbacks, they make those plays nearly every single time. And with Trevor, you'll see him make some really special throws. But to me, he still misses a few too many of those layups one way or another. Um, you know, whether he's going too fast or, or whether he gets too spread out with his technique or some of those different things that, um, you know, that I think that holds him back from being able to reach his full potential. And so that's kind of what I'm waiting for as he grows in the offense and, uh, you know, gets better in, in so many different areas. Once he starts adding that to the special things that he can do, um, now I think we're talking about a guy that has a chance to move into that elite category. Kurt, this is Coach Dave Campo. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you played for one of the greats in Dick Vermeil, And 
how would you rate what Doug Peterson has done here in the two the years that he's been here, the two years? Um, yeah, I think he's done a great job. Great to talk to you, Coach. Um, you know, I think he's done a great job, um, you know, to come in and, and kind of change, uh, you know, where they were uh, before him. But, you know, just you get the sense, um, you know, Coach Vermeil. what I thought was always so special about Coach Vermeil was how he connected with his players and how each and every player felt like Dick had his best interest in mind, that it wasn't about, you know, Dick having success and, and Dick winning the Super Bowl. It was about how can I help you as a player be the best that you can be and knowing that when you do that with all your guys, that ultimately it's going to make you better as a coach. But you could feel that with Dick Vermeil, And I think Doug does a tremendous job of connecting with his players in a, in a similar fashion um, where they really feel like, you know, he's in it for them and he's in it to coach them and to, to help them be the best that they can be. You know, there's lots of different kinds of leaders and different kinds of leadership that works, even being a head coach in the National Football League. Um, but that's one, you know, having experienced it firsthand, um, that can have a tremendous impact um, on men of all ages, um, you know, as you're coaching different people in different stages, just knowing that your coach is in it for you and you feel like they truly do have your best interest in mind, um, you know, that, that's a difference maker in terms of building a culture and building a team. And I think Doug does a tremendous job with that. Hey, Kurt, you said earlier you thought the Jags were a good team. Um, how did they get to that elite level over the next five games and then even into the playoffs? Well, I mean, I think, you know, what you know is that there's a lot of good teams out there. The teams that, you know, that take that next step and, and compete for championships, they have enough guys on their team that in the moment lift their game, that in the moment when a play needs to be made, they're the difference makers, um, you know, within the course of, of any game and specifically when you're playing against good teams, you know, good teams where games are going to be close. Do you have those guys that in the moment, um, you know, can finish for you? And that, to me, is what I'm still kind of waiting to see with the Jags, whether that's Trevor, you know, whether that's a guy like Josh Allen on the other side who's having a good year. But you need him to have that, that, that moment when the, when the game is on the line, can you finish? Um, you know, and, and then you look at some of the other players, you know, some good players there bringing over Calvin Ridley. You know, hasn't quite materialized to be that guy quite yet. And so there's a lot of talent there, but I'm just waiting to see do they have four or five of those guys that when they're playing against the Patrick Mahomes or the Lamar Jackson, um, you know, week in and week out in the playoffs, that they step up and, and have the ability to make that play in the moment uh, is, is what I think, you know, has the, the opportunity to kind of turn them uh, and make them into, you know, a championship type team. A couple of more for the Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. You'll be able to check him out tonight as well. NFL game day morning right there on NFL Network beginning at 9 a.m. every Sunday. And, and I think of the unbelievable amount of weapons you had. I was in the Georgia Dome with the, with the Super Bowl win, and I just you – know, you, the list goes on. Who has the best set of weapons right now, and does, do, do the Jaguars have the potential to become that? Um, are you talking in the entire league? Or yeah, because you figure the, the Niners, the Dolphins, yeah. you might be able to throw Dallas in there. Yeah, I mean, I think without a doubt it's the, it's the Niners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think as much of the reason why is because of how they can make plays for you. You know, that, you know, it doesn't have to be we've got to push the ball down the field. You know, you talked about the greatest show on turf. That was such a huge part of what we did is, 
push the ball down the field. So as a quarterback, you, you know, you, you got to be on it and you got to be playing well because you have a bad game and you're probably going the other direction. And so it's a tough place to play when you're trying to get to that championship level. I would put like Mahomes in that category where he's always got to go and throw and make plays for them to win. And, and obviously he's very good and, and that's why they're winning. But it's a tough place to be. And so when you look at the Niners, they've got all these guys that, you know, you can throw the ball to him at the line of scrimmage. You know, you can throw a choice route to Christian McCaffrey and he can take it 60 yards. And so uh, it, it eases all of that for a quarterback. Um, instead of them having to make every play, they've got guys making plays for him. And, you know, again, when you look at, um, you know, the Jags team, again, good players, but they're not doing that necessarily for Trevor. And it's a lot more throwing down the field, and it's not a lot more, you know, the arm and the travel of the ball making the big plays for them. Um, and I, I think that's the next step is, is how do you make it a little bit easier on your quarterback or, as we talked about earlier, Trevor taking that next step to be able to make those plays more consistently or how do you make it easier on your quarterback so he doesn't have to make every single one of those throws to get there. And so, you know, I was just watching the San Francisco game yesterday and it's, I mean, it's amazing that, you know, Brock at times doesn't have to do all that much, you know, just yeah. like, we'll just throw it to one of them and, and, and let them go and let them do their thing. Um, but it just eases that burden, especially when you're playing against, good football teams where you know it's going to be hard for your quarterback to make all of those throws, you need a little help. And, you know, that help can come on defense too. You know, turning the football over, getting three and out. And, again, what, what I see with the Jags is I want to see more of those guys on defense. It's a good, solid defense, and they've played well this year. But I want to see more killers on that side that are making those big plays to make it easier on, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Now, Kurt, this seems to be a mad dash for the number one seed in the AFC. And the Jaguars, quite frankly, are 6-0 on the road. They're under 500 at home. Is it that important that they get that number one seed? Or could you see this team float at the two or three seed and still pick a push in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, we talked about this on our show yesterday. And I actually picked the Jags as a team that I think needs the number one seed. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they, they've won on the road or they can't win on the road. I just – you know, kind of the stuff that we've been talking about is I don't know if they're that team yet. When I look at, you know, Baltimore and I look at uh, Kansas City and I look at Miami and I look at the things that they have and the, the explosiveness that they have, I, I think the Jags are a good team, but I think they're kind of at the bottom of, of that list if you just look at the stuff that we're talking about. And so getting a bye, so you don't have to play, you know, three games to get to the Super Bowl. You know, not playing on the road against good teams in the playoffs is different than just playing on the road during the regular season. So I need to think they, they are a team that's, that's still about a year away, in my opinion, from competing for, for championships, that you need every advantage that you can get. Um, and so I would, you know, if they could get the number one seed, I think that would be by far their best route to be able to, to have a chance to compete um, this year. Uh, but, again, they're a good enough team that they can go on the road and beat anybody. I'm not worried about that part of it. But when you get into the playoffs, you don't just have to beat somebody. You've got to beat everybody if you go on the road. Like, if yeah. you're not the home field advantage, and that's where it gets hard. Good team after good team after good team, oftentimes you see the best teams winning, especially, uh, you know, if they're at home. And so I think it is important for Jacksonville, you know, with them kind of turning the corner and taking the next step from last year, if they could get home field advantage, that that would, that would loom really large for them. 
Hey, listen, enjoy the uh, trip here, the call tonight, and we really appreciate your time. And we'll send them to the NFL Network game day morning, 9 o'clock, to check out Kurt. Thank you, buddy. Uh, great to talk to you guys. Have fun tonight. All right, for sure. Uh, so, Kurt Warner, gold jacket. We'll go to the next guy with a gold jacket, Troy Aikman, as he's in the booth as well tonight. That is upcoming. A Mokama Beer Company Monday right here on XL Primetime as we celebrate the Jaguars back under the lights on Monday night. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. You know, we feel like uh, it's a Hall of Fame-worthy day with the Jacksonville Jaguars back under the lights, first time since 2011. So let's uh, look at our Hall of Famer, Coach Campo, and you welcome in the next Hall of Famer, Coach. Yeah, let's let's bring on a, a Hall of Famer in Troy Aikman. Troy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Camp. It's good to be on. Yeah, we appreciate you. Our, our listeners uh, – Really love having you on this show. Let me ask you this. I know you've looked at both teams as an overall view, and we might ask a few other questions about that, but as an overall view, how would you view this game with with, uh, Jacksonville and and Cincinnati? Well, I think that, you know, obviously a big win last week for for Jacksonville within the division and the separation that they were able to create – I, I like where I like where Trevor Lawrence is right now and the way that he's been able to play. I think he's made good decisions overall for the most part. He gets the ball out quick. I think they've gotten the deep ball back in the offense, which has been helpful here over the last two weeks. And so I, I see it as a team that's playing with a lot of confidence. And then, you know, of course, uh, this is a different Cincinnati team than the one that Jacksonville thought they'd be facing a few weeks ago. And coming off a tough loss last week to Pittsburgh and, and the way that Jake Brown and his playing and kind of what their formula now is going forward is, is a lot different. This is, this is an offense in the Bengals that simply has not run the ball. Well, really uh, since Zach Taylor took over as the head coach and they haven't had to with Burrow because of the way that he gets the ball out uh, and is efficient with those receivers. So if, if he was healthy, obviously it'd be a much different game and the outlook would look, look a lot different, but I, I like Jacksonville. I like the confidence they're playing with. I like the way the defense is ascending. Uh, and I like the skill players as well. Uh, besides Trevor, I, I, I like this group of skill players that Jacksonville has. And I think they're starting to get a little healthier up front in the offensive line. So this will, uh, you know, if I'm looking at it, I, I think it's the game at home on prime time. I've often felt this way uh, in most any game, but uh, this is a game certainly that Jacksonville should win. Now, Troy, I mean, the Jaguars are a good team, but uh, I'm not sure if they're an elite team. I think two weeks ago against the 49ers, kind of, they showed their tail. Yeah. So, if you look at this team, I mean, do you could this team be make noise in the playoffs or is it a team that you see one and done? No, I think they could, yeah, no question. Uh, you know, we had them last year. Of course, the, you guys know the season they had last year and the way they came on at the end after the start that they had. And, and we had them in week 18 when they were able to beat Tennessee, which was essentially a playoff game. And I don't know that a lot of people gave them much hope uh, after they got in, and yet they were able to rally against the Chargers and then took Kansas City to the wire. So, yeah, I definitely think that this team is is capable of playing with anybody, and they've they've kind of proven that. And then, like a lot of other teams around the league, we saw what we saw what San Francisco did to Philadelphia yesterday. And in no way does that mean that I don't think Philadelphia is a really great team as well. So, yeah, I, I feel good about Jacksonville. I think the the Jags fans should as well. They've got a lot of good pieces on this team, and uh, they're fun to watch. You're going to hear Troy Aikman in the booth Monday Night Football tonight alongside Joe Buck, the Hall of Famer, with us on XL Primetime. So when you're looking at take that next step and you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, what would that be in your mind, Troy? 
Well, I, you know, I think, and Camps knows this, that, you know, Jimmy Johnson used to always say, hey, it's not, it's not who makes the most great plays, it's, it's who makes the fewest bad plays. And, and I think that's so true. As you get into the games that, that really start to matter and you get into the postseason and, and how are you going to advance and keep winning games, I think that becomes a real key. And a lot of times in the media or fans and social media, they, they all love the big play. Uh, but you've got to minimize the bad ones. And and I think for Trevor, like I said, I, I like what I've seen of him. Uh, you guys see him on a weekly basis, but I've watched quite a bit of him coming into this ball game. And I think he's healthier than he's been. I know he had the knee injury he was dealing with. Uh, I, I think he does an excellent job of, of getting the ball out. There are times still where he locks in on a guy and tries to make something happen that's not quite there. But uh, that would be the biggest thing that I would say. I don't really see a lot of holes in his game. He, he's won. You know, everywhere that he's been uh, until he got to Jacksonville's first year, but that comes with the price of being the first overall pick, and now he's winning again at a, at a high level. Uh, and so I just think it's a matter of getting in the, the January game. Somebody mentioned to me today in our meeting, you know, that people don't talk about Trevor the way that they do Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, whoever the quarterbacks might be. And, uh, and, and I said give him time because he got into the postseason last year. He was able to win a game. And then the, you get into these bigger games, and then more people know about you, more people are talking about you. But he certainly has the ability to play with any of those guys, and uh, I, I enjoy watching him. I think he's one of the really bright young quarterbacks in our game. Troy, this is obviously a Trevor-centric team, but defensively when you look at them, it, it, it's a team that can do things that can cause problems for other teams, right? Yeah, I, I, they can, um, and and the, I do think that they continue to get better. I mean, I, I think if you just look at their stats, which oftentimes people do, I, I think I don't know that it really represents uh, what this team is capable of doing. I, I like a lot of these players. Of course, Josh Allen is is a household name. Everybody knows about him. I, w- I watched Roy Robertson Harris last week. He was dominant, I thought, against Houston. They've got some good young corners. Uh, Darius Williams, of course, is playing well. I like the way Rayshon Jenkins plays the safety position. Their linebackers, uh, I love their speed and the way they play. So uh, I, it, it seems it seems to me like this is a group when I watch them, really on both sides of the ball, that they really enjoy playing together. And, and it has this, this locker room, at least from what I can tell, Seems like they they're a really close group, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. And of course, winning helps with all of that. Uh, but I I believe this is a confident group, and the way that they've been able to win games and string wins, and you know, pretty much picked up where they were last year uh, to end the season, and then came in this year, uh, started a little bit rocky, but then got on their roll, and they've looked good. I know the 49ers game wasn't great, but I like this team, and I like the youth that they have, and the way that they've been built. Troy. Uh... Looking at this from uh, we started this year, I-, I felt that this team was still a year away. Do you see that? Do you see that they can make a run this year, or do you think it's uh, maybe a year away? And I'm going back to the Cowboys. You know, it took us four right. years, and uh, do we need another couple pieces in some areas? Yeah, um, I, you know, you always could use a few more pieces. I, I think in general, uh, I, I do think Mike Caldwell does a, does a good job of scheming some things to free people up and, and get to the quarterback. You know, Josh Allen, as you know, he's a bona fide pass rusher. I think they could use another one. Uh, Trayvon Walker, I, I, I know he's coming along and doing some different things, but uh, hasn't quite had the impact probably up to this point that they were anticipating when he was picked. But 
you know, that would be the one area where I'd say, yeah, they could probably uh, address getting to the quarterback a, a little bit more. But, you know, what I know and is what you know, Camps, is when we were in Dallas that when we went to play San Francisco in that championship game in 92, uh, a lot of people felt that we were probably a year away and that we were the youngest team in football. And yet we played a good game and we beat a real veteran team and, and then won our first Super Bowl. So, you know, you just got to get in. And then once you get in, uh, anything can happen. And I, I don't know that you would put Jacksonville up against some of the, the, the top contenders, right? Or most people wouldn't just because they're, they're a bit of an unknown. Not a lot of people have probably seen Jacksonville the way that they have uh, Kansas City and, you know, some of these others. But, no, I, I like them. I mean, shoot, uh, if, they, if they win tonight, uh, they, I, I believe I'm right in saying this, they, they will at this time be positioned as the number one seed yeah. in the AFC. Yeah. So they're, they're in pretty good position. So it's hard to discount them. I just don't know that on a national level that people are talking about them maybe the way that they should be. But, uh, yeah, this team, in my opinion, is certainly capable of playing with anybody and beating anybody. Now, Troy, let's segue to that 92 team because that might be the, the the best assembled football team I've ever seen in my era when I played with you, that offensive line, that defensive line. If you were to look today, what team today reminds you as a mirror of that team that you played for in 1992? You know, it's uh, I, I would probably say the 49ers, quite honestly. I, I just, um, you know, they're they're tough defensively. We were. Uh, they're really built more than anything uh, around running the football, being physical up front, uh, the play action game, throwing the ball effectively, you know, when you have your shots. And I, I, I feel like that's the way that we were. And, and I, I, I've liked San Francisco for a long time since Kyle got there for that reason. I, I think, you know, so many teams have gotten so uh, pass happy. And, and I have believed over the years that, You've got to be able to throw the ball efficiently if you're going to be able to win at a high level in this league. But I think it got so far in that direction that these teams that have kind of pulled back and have become more physical and are running the football and marrying the run game with the play-action game and then playing good defense, uh, it's, a, it's a good formula. It's won a lot of football games over the history of our game. It continues to win a lot of football games. And I think that you know you can speak to this because – the offensive lines around the league, in my opinion, first of all, there's not a lot of great offensive lines. They're hard to build. Uh, and Jacksonville has had their issues, of course, with some of the injuries on that left side. But, uh, you know, I think that the, the team really gets their heartbeat uh, from the offensive line. And, and if, if you have a tough physical offensive front, uh, generally that permeates through the building. And that, that's the kind of team that you have. So, that's what we were about. Our offensive line was, was outstanding, as we know. Um, we had a great running back in Emmett. Uh, but we threw the ball efficiently when we did. We just didn't throw it as much as some of the other teams. But I, I really like San Francisco and the way that they're built. And they, re, they remind me of our teams the most. A couple more quickies for Troy before we have to turn you loose. Uh, here's right, Leon played under Jimmy. Uh, and, of course, Coach came up through Jimmy. We play the sound bite all the time. Hit it, J.J. I want to kick their ass! So it's just a drop that we have all the time. So what's the difference, Troy, between, say, that intensity and then Doug Peterson, who seems to come at it just a, a little more mellow? Well, yeah, I would say, that, you know, I, I know Doug well. We, we played against each other back when we were playing as well. Um, it's it, I, I think in general the – 
coaching is different uh, than it than it was. Uh, I, I I still think Jimmy Style would apply today, and he'd still be successful. But I I, I think you're dealing with a little bit of a different athlete. I think I think coaches are having to approach it a little bit differently than what they once did. But I know for me, and I think I speak for most players, that I, I just wanted a coach that, one, uh, I knew could make me better or make our team better, and that, two, uh, held people accountable. Uh, and, I, and I think that's the key. And if you have that and you have the respect, uh, then you've got a chance to be successful. Uh, you know, you've got to have good players, and there's a lot that goes with that. I, I, w- I will say – and I've said this many times, why anybody would want to go into coaching is beyond me. I mean, it, we see it each and every year, each and every week, and the heartbreak and headaches and the heartache that you've got to deal with. And I, I just, man, it's a, it's a different breed. But, yeah, Doug, Doug's been successful, you know, everywhere that he's been. And uh, what he did last year was really remarkable. It's, it's not easy when you ha- are having a season like they had last year uh, in, in, in an organization that had not enjoyed much success and then to be able to turn it around and do what they did, but to be able to come back off of that this year and be having the season that they're having now, uh, is, is really a testament to, to his style, the respect that he's earned, uh, and, and how good of a coach he is. Last one, Troy, before coach has to, uh, say goodbye, the, the idea that Tom Brady said the quarterback play is mediocre right now, would you agree with that? You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You see play every Monday night. Would you agree with that? Well, I, you know, first of all, I don't know if he specifically said quarterbacks or just football in general, but, in general. Um, but, but either way, it doesn't matter. I, 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 it's a different game today than it was uh, w- when I played, and that's okay. Uh, and, and the players are spending less time together uh, than, than we did. There's less time for the coaches to coach. And then in addition to that, with the salary cap and the, and the rising cost for quarterbacks, uh, it, it makes you thin in some other positions. And when you start having injuries, whether it's at the quarterback position or other places, you just don't have the, the as talented of backups, uh, veteran backups that are able to step in. So I, I, there are times, and I, and I've said, I was asked about this a few days ago after Tom's comments and, First of all, when you're Tom Brady, everything looks mediocre. Uh, when you're when you're watching it, you know, I mean, nothing compares to what to what he was able to do. But I also know that back when I was playing in 1989, my first year, we were not a good team, and that was a lot of bad football that we put out there on the field. And every week, when you watch games, there there is some bad football that's being played. But in general. Uh, I think we've got a lot of really skilled people that are playing a game at a high level. Uh, the coaching is the best it, it, it is at any level in the NFL. These guys are terrific, and uh, and the fans are loving it. So uh, I'm enjoying it. I also know that Tom is considering, you know, going to Fox next year. That's the plan. Yeah. And as as a spokesman for Fox and the NFL, I, I don't know that the league's going to be real favorable towards his comments if he starts <laughs> making those. Too many more times. <laughs> true, true. Troy, Troy, listen, hey, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you. You know that. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, uh, have a good call tonight. And uh, go Jags and go Cowboys. Sounds great. Thanks, Camp. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, Troy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny because he, what, the last thing he said is about Fox. Fox is like, wait a minute, this is the best product we got going right now. You can't take swipes. This is everything this, right? for us, right? Yeah. 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 And, and look, I do agree with the sentiment that 
Tom Brady had in, in the in other words, the first couple of sentences that he had made you ignore the rest of what he said. But he did say they Leon, they don't practice as much. What was your classic line? Full pad Friday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I understand where he's coming from because listen, essentially you, you gotta bang in order to get better. All right. And I I I just I'm not equipped to understand where guys don't go as hard. And but then you then you got Chris Jones who misses all training camp and goes out there and tears up the NFL. Yeah. So I mean kind of contradicts my my whole opinion. Mm-hmm. But but he Troy is right about the camaraderie. Guys don't hang out as much. I mean, we had a reason we wanted to be in the facility. We wanted to lift the extra weights, watch the extra film, play cards, joke around, all that kind of stuff. More more so than not, these guys are looking to get out and go somewhere and look at their social media and how many likes I got and man, I look good on this and that. We didn't have those kind of distractions. I mean, you know, so I don't I don't want to say our ball was better, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the only thing I could say is it's it's really what he said and what uh, Leon said was is time. Yeah. You know, they're not together as much. Mm-hmm. You know, they've cut back on the OTAs. They've done all these things. And without the pads, they're not tackling as much. So, but when you look at the talent level. The athlete period, is still. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. And guys are making catches that, honestly, they did not make 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, you can't compare the athletes. Oh, coach, the skill set is better. Hey, the skill set is better. I, I don't know if the technique is better, but the the, the, the the players are bigger, stronger, and faster than we were when now. I mean, you got six, seven, six, eight offensive linemen that run like four, nine. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. That's it absolutely is. insane to me right now. But I don't technique and fundamental wise. I don't know if it was we we had more time to work on that kind of we stuff. We were better. We were, we better, were better back in the yeah, day. Yeah, we were better technique fundamental wise because we spent time offensive line on the field, all that kind of stuff. These guys don't have as much time, and, and they, they're able to utilize their size a lot better than probably we did. They can get away with more. Because they get away with more because they're, they're, they're so big. And absolutely, fast, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I totally agree. Belichick was one of the first guys who introduced this. They don't <clears throat> hit enough, therefore they won't tackle well. It will lead to more injuries. You know, all those things are real. That's for sure. Uh, all right. So we headed the one o'clock hour. We got Willie Anderson coming up. We've been talking a bunch about your Monday Night Football game tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll definitely drill down on the college football playoff. The text line, real quick, JJ, just went bananas uh, over FSU. And look, I get it. Uh, and and for an undefeated Power 5 champion not to get in, I totally understand why they're ticked. But the committee, at the very least, right or wrong, as Matt said it earlier, they opened up gray area to basically showcase the best four teams that they wanted to hit the television screen. I don't think there's any way to get away from that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not any kind of conspiracy. Yeah. It's it's just not. I, I don't know what else to say other than, look, they they the the goal of the playoff, it's always been this. It's in their flipping charter, yeah. is the four best teams. The reason they have the playoff is so a team can get hot and get in the playoff. Mm-hmm. If anything, what they did with Alabama. That's what they did. Just underscores what their playoff is all about. Yeah. It's it sucks for Florida State. I don't disagree with them. It's terrible that they're unbeaten. And they don't get in. But guess what? When they did this playoff and they started the playoff and it was a four team playoff, they knew right then that five conference champions could be unbeaten mm-hmm. and there was going to be a problem. It was. It just going didn't to be happen until now. Always going to be an odd man out. Yes, it just didn't happen until now. The first time you've got a conference champion with it with and here's an asterisk too, a unique situation. They lost their quarterback. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. And it's been at least stated, Leon, in the, in the committee that mm-hmm. they can 
whether you agree with it or not, they can factor in a coach loss or a quarterback yeah. loss or an injury. Well, listen, they, they they got opportunity to play Georgia and Orange Bowl. They beat Georgia and Orange Bowl and go 14-0. We'll give them the imaginary championship like UCF. Listen, yeah. we are champions. We'll crown we them. will. Oh, come on, bro. Go Don't stomp on them right now. Come on. It's Go hey, you're right telling now. the Miami Hurricane, you tell Hall of Famer right not now. to stomp on Florida State? Every opportunity I get. <laughs> are you serious? We didn't forget the year 2000. <laughs> uh, I absolutely They're like down on one knee right hey, now, listen, gasping I, for breath. I, you want to stomp well, on them. This is karmic justice. I unplugged the oxygen machine. And Leon's just happier more than anything else that he doesn't have to do a cartwheel. At least right now, as far as we know, he doesn't have to. They remember what you do in November, guys, and that's exactly what Matt's saying. They, you can lose early, but how you're playing at the end, and Florida State obviously backed up a little bit. Yeah. They won. Only but because they, but of they, injury. But they backed yeah. up because and, and, of it. I yeah. want to say this too very quickly. Only Joe. because of Very injury. quickly. With Jordan Travis, they can beat anybody in the country. Exactly. Right. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, and right. they would have but, been in the playoff. But they don't have him anymore. Right. They and would that have left be discounted. Out, they would have left out but, a one-loss <clears throat> conference champion with that. Correct. They might have, yeah, they might have left out Washington well, for all we know. But well, he, they would have left out. Well, here's the reason else. why I think that, the, listen, as much as a quarterback is emphasizing he's very important to any college or professional football game, who's to say the way that defense played, the way oh. Benson is running, and that offensive line with a backup quarterback couldn't go into in a neutral site everyone and go up against. Everyone say that. No, not, not everyone, but I'm just saying, how do we know that they couldn't go and do that? They, they, basically, the committee is saying because of the quarterback's play, yeah. We, y'all, y'all can't stand up. How do you know? That's no, what, they're that's, just playing the odds. Bro, that's the, yeah, that's, the odds yeah. are that but they that, won't do that. Right. Well, but, they are looking, but that's why you play the game. Well, I that's know, why they, you play the game of football. Yeah, they're just simply looking at, honestly, eyeballs that they need to watch those games matter more than anything else, and a team at full strength well, with the same record. Okay, well, let's, the well, let's, let's, let's tell the Giants when they lost Phil Sims and they won with, with Hossletter yeah, and they won, yeah. they won the Super Bowl. Hostel, you know, I know, yeah, I, know. I mean, let, let's, let, you know what? They should have pulled the plug and said, you know what, the Giants? Y'all can't play in this Super Bowl. I know it's a <laughs> Y'all can't play in the Super Bowl because y'all lost your starting quarterback and there's no way your backup can go in the game and help y'all win it. I and think what they happened? just saw Brock Glenn struggle to beat nah. the worst yeah. Jack Plummer Quarterback performance I have terrible. ever seen. You know what? If, I've if, only seen like if, three if of them. If you're Florida State, you want to beat Georgia. Yes. I was just going to say Georgia, that. Go beat Georgia then. Go beat Georgia. If, if you guys a, think you can compete in the too. playoffs, yeah. then you're, you should go be able to go and beat this team. Well, Georgia and then, you know what's going to happen? They're going to get their ass kicked by Georgia. <laughs> Give me a break. They're going to cry. All FSU fans are going to cry all month. Until they play Georgia, and then they're going to get stomped, and they're not going to have anything to say. They don't belong in it without Jordan Travis. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is it is key. what it is. Yeah, JT is the key. That's it. Simple as that. All right, we head into the 1 o'clock hour. Mokama Beer Company Monday. Don't forget Monday. They serve that great coffee every single day of the week, Tuesday through Sunday. You can enjoy the great crafts. So if you are coming in uh, from the north, Heading into Jacksonville, roll on through Fernandina. Find them right there on South 8th Street or at Wildlight or pick it up, mocama.com. Look for that great craft. Willie Anderson, he's a Hall of Fame finalist. He's a Bengal through and through. He's one of Leon's legends. We'll say hello to him coming up. Song selection paid for by Leon Searcy. As we welcome in one of Leon's legends of Mokama Beer Company Monday. It is Monday Night Football tonight under the lights. It's Duval's Jaguars against this man's Bengals. Leon, let's welcome him in. Yeah, my, my good friend, one of the greatest offense, greatest offensive linemen to play in the game, Big Willie Anderson. Big Will, how you doing, bro? What's up, brother? 
you guys doing today? Man, we're Good. doing wonderful, man. We got we got we got Monday night football now. No doubt, no doubt. No Big doubt. Night down well, Big well, night. Well, once of all, first first of all, congratulations on being one of the nominees for the Hall of Fame again. I think they got the right tackle bias. You should definitely be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But it's not mine. But congratulations anyway. But as far as the Bengals go, man, well, I mean, coming into this season, you know, you had every Joe Burrow, one of the front runners to to to, to make a run at the Super Bowl. I mean, how disappointing it is for you and the franchise that he's not playing. Well, definitely, the whole Bengals nation is definitely upset right now because they they think right now that. We'll have a chance to even compete for the playoffs after such a promising season and after, you know, the things that transpired uh, the last several years. You know, this season was looking for one of the seasons to compete with the powerhouses in the AFC, uh, like Kansas City, because the Bengals were right there with them year in and year out the last several years. So not having Joe is definitely a huge disappointment. Uh, they've kind of been flirting with, you know, you know, being injured off and on and getting hit, things like that. Um, but not being being out completely is something that no one expected. Um, and, and definitely he's a big part of this team, huge part of the team, physically and emotionally. Because if, you, if you're around Joe Burrow, you kind of see why his teammates all come around. First, he's a good dude. Very good dude, bro. Like all offensive linemen, you know, uh, you know we, we all love the guy. I mean, but at the same time, too, he can, he can, he can inspire an entire team in the city. With his words, his action, his swag, everything he does, man, just tip top, a plus. So, um, him being out is definitely a, a big loss for us. Jake Bryan, though, clearly is a, is a solid backup. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just feel like the the Bengals are going to play really hard. They're going to play really hard tonight. Your thoughts? No on doubt. That, really? they, they, they showed that you know against the Ravens, and they showed a little bit of it last week. You know, um, the, um, the team still the, the team like, like at. As Cersei tell you, the team still believes they have to go out there and win football games. They're not saying, hey, let's get ready for the draft and get ready for next year. That's, that's what the fans are saying and, and, and all the pundits. But the team, the guys who are actually playing, those guys still feel like they can win. Now, I know from the outside, it looks crazy, but, you know, guys around uh, Browning have to come out and play big. The receivers, you know, they get T. Higgins back tonight. It's going to be big for them. Um, I think the offensive line has to play better and, and, and to give that confidence to call more running plays, you know, it's a big thing right now in Cincinnati right now. What's up with um, Joe Mixon? But I've been saying all season, I think Joe Mixon's fine, you know, but you you, you got to give him more than, you know, eight, nine carries to, to get going. And um, I think sometimes with coordinators, if they don't um, see the running game having success early, they, they, they go away from it because they panic and say, hey, those two-yard runners are not going to matter, but they can scheme a, a football with a backup quarterback. Those early on, those early carries that he can go pound the football, you can get some play action going. I think it's, it's kind of the way. You know, you can't play the same way you play with the backup quarterback that you play with with Joe Burrow. Willie, this is uh, Coach Dave Campo. First of all, thanks a lot for coming on, and and I coached against you for many years, and I'm yeah. glad that I'm I'm glad I'm not coaching against you <laughs> now. To be perfectly honest with you, but uh, you know, you've watched I'm sure the Bengals quite a bit. Uh, what's your thoughts on their defensive front? I think when Sam Hubbard is in there, they, they it's definitely better. Um, you know, because right now I think uh, Henderson is the only true pass rusher they have. And, you know, even on some of those Marvin Lewis teams, of, you know, 2010 through 16, they had about three rushers. They had Geno James, Carlos, and um, uh, Michael Johnson. They had three rushers. I think in any good defensive line, you need at least three. One one guy we can kind of account for with fly protection, chipping, 
Two causes us a little bit more problems. Three is a problem because someone's going to be one-on-one. And I think right now the pass rush is not getting those one-on-ones for hindrances because all, all, all the um, the eyes of the offense is going towards him because Sam Hubbard's been out. Sam is not really a, a great, great pass rusher, but he's an effort guy who's going to give you a lot, a lot of effort sacks, and he plays great against the run. Um, you know, I think their their point they that that the line not being up, up to their usual standards, I think that's hurt the secondary some. Um, as far as guys having having to cover a lot longer than they have, because if Hendricks don't hit home, those guys got that covering all day, and, and you've seen them give up big passes, um, um, a big passing game like like they had against the Titans. So, I think it's definitely the third guy to step up. I think Sam is that playing now, but um, in the NFL now. If you can't get that inside rush, those elite quarterbacks are going to kill you. And I think, um, I think you know, I, I've seen Trevor Lawrence since his days here in high school, and we all knew the tenth grader, the kid's going to be a pro in the tenth grade. <laughs> you know, so I think inside pressure against QBs like Trevor is going to be a huge plus. If not, he you know he, he eats you alive. We're talking with former Bengal Willie Anderson, Hall of Fame finalist, and and we watched this past week. Cam Robinson go down with injury. Walker Little go from a short stint at left guard to left tackle, and then Ezra Cleveland come in. Have you ever had to do deal with anything like that? Have you ever had to play uh, multiple positions in one game, Willie? No, unfortunately, I was always you know one of the main guys. That, you know, and your main guys never change positions. But I played with several guys who their careers was based off them having to play. Coach will tell you this, that you know. Uh, some guys have to play two positions. If you if you if you don't, you can't last in the NFL. You know, um, so guys like Cersei never going to change position, but Selly won't change position. But the rest of the guys on the line, in order for you to to stay in the NFL, you have to be a two position guy. And it's unfortunate. You know, it's hard to do because you know, you know my my gripe with the NFL off of the line is they need a third guy, third coach to be doing development. It's just not enough time for the head O-line coach and even the assistant O-line coach. He's too busy drawing up cars and running around like a chicken with his head cut off doing so many other different things that the young backup guys never get technique work past freaking minicamp. You know, from training camp on, it's all about putting in plays, putting in schemes, adding in more plays, adding in more schemes, going over defenses, who to block, how to block them, when to block them. How to block them is never – really giving enough emphasis to your backup guys. So that's why when your favorite team loses a starting left tackle, like a guy like Cam, who I think is, is, is a really good tackle, the effort, the, 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 product, the productivity kind of goes down because those guys are having been training. You know, they, they get reps at, in, in practice, but they're not training, really training, being taught those things. They're just being said, hey, man, you're a pro, figure it out. <laughs> and that's kind of the life of some linemen, whereas your star guys, you know, Cam Robinson would never never have to go play left guard or right guard, you know what I mean, unless he's older in his career. But those elite guys play the, the, their positions, but the, guy, the rest of the guys, you have to be flexible to change, interchange um, on the line every day. Now, Will, I've been saying this all week long that this Jaguar team, you can't, you, you can't, take, these four, you can't take these Bengals lightly because y'all got a championship pedigree. I mean, this, this team year in and year out over the last couple of years have been a toe tap away from going to the Super Bowl, going head to head with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Y'all got that y'all got that that moxie about you that y'all been in the big games, you've been in the Super Bowl, you've been in the championships, and a lot of those guys that that played in those games are, are going to be on this roster to come tonight. So 
I'm hoping that this Jaguar team, this incumbents upon this coaching staff to make sure you let these players know that what you got coming to town ain't no slouch. Yeah, and you guys got, you know, a, a really good coaching staff down there too and a, and a great a good group of uh, young players mixed in. But, you no, know, definitely what you said, the Bengals, you know, uh, Jamar Chase is not going to think his season over with. He's still trying to get what he got to get. You know, T. Higgins is still playing for – these guys are still playing for a lot of things. Like, Trey Henderson is not going to stop pass rushing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I'm sure with the, with the backup plan, you know, he's going to he's – he's in his mind thinking he's going to spill because all season, if your starter wasn't in, he, he's killed the backup guy. The backup, the backup guys <laughs> hadn't had a chance against Trey Henderson you know, all season, watch, the, watch them kill the backup to Trent Williams. And, I mean, the guys in the elite rusher. So these guys are going to play hard. That, that linebacker crew the Bengals have are a bunch of hard-playing guys. The front D-line guys, I said earlier, they're not great pass rushers, but once they do, they play hard as hell against that run. They get to the ball. They, they pile on guys, and they play with great energy. So um, I'm sure they're thinking, Monday Night Football, they're thinking, hey, man, the lights are on and people are thinking we're down. And they, they're definitely going to give you top – Top effort, top energy, because um, that's kind of what that that Taylor team's been over over the years. You no, know, um, just unfortunately we don't have one of the best QBs in the country. I mean, in, in the league right now, but I think effort wise and, and effort and, and um, emotionally, you're going to get a fired up football team. Well, Big Will, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. We, we you know we all know how special Monday Night Football is now. I mean, I was twelve and zero in Monday Night Football. I'm not sure what your record. Well, I, you know, I had to shine on well, that you know, a little bit. Early '90s Bengals team, we we weren't that damn good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know once, once Marvin got in there, man, we 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 won a couple of them, and I was so damn happy to play them. So we started playing when I was old, and the older you get, those those Monday Night games, Thursday Night games, man, those that's that's for the birds. Bro. Like, you can't recover for you know for a couple of weeks. I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show, big dog. Hey, man, good, uh, best of luck with the Hall yes. of Fame, man. I'm, I'm, I'm wishing you well, man. They, they need, to, you, put, they need you, to put some more right tackles in the Hall of Fame. You, you Eric Williams, all those type, those cats. Man, I, I learned from you, big bro. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. All right, Willie Anderson, it, it really is true. When you think of, you know, he's in the Bengals ring of honor, and you think of how long he played up there, 181 career games, and, and all of his seasons with one football team. That's high praise. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Listen, I, I remember – I remember I call him a kid because he's younger than me, but I remember the kid when he came in as rookie out of Auburn, first-round pick goes to the Bengals. You know, like he was saying in the 90s, it wasn't much – you didn't think much of the Bengals or whatever. But the one thing that always stood out when you watch film was Willie Anderson. I mean, he was a mauler, bro. Like good feet, good hands, everything about him was good. Yeah. yeah, I think he's I think he's got a shot. Uh, you know the 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 tack, the right tackle position, and Woodson, for example, with the Cowboys, the safety position. Those are positions that sometimes it takes some time to get those guys yeah. in there, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully that'll happen. It, it is true. One, the other side of the line is largely ignored. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we keep it rolling. Mokama Beer Company Monday. They have got great craft for you to enjoy. Sample you can find either. Total Wine, ABC, if you're out shopping for craft or look for that brand new Wildlight location that's a little bit smaller than their tap room, but you can get the same great craft in the tap room definitely set up on South 8th Street as you're entering Fernandina. So if you're coming in uh, from the state of GA, you're coming down here for Monday Night Football, maybe slide on through there and say hello. It's XL Primetime. We're going to keep it on your Jacksonville Jaguars. What is the key for you tonight? You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and let us know right here on XL Primetime.
Mondays on XL Primetime. Brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room in Fernandina Beach. They got it going on. Coffee every day, craft Tuesday through Sunday. And the Cosmico, you can really go down the line. I'm an IPA cat, all right? I love the hops. Uh, and you can definitely check out everything else, Pilsners, Lagers, Stouts, uh, the fruit, the sours. They've got them all. Make sure you check them out, Mokama Beer Company and Mokama.com. Now, we've been talking about your Jaguars, who are now a double-digit pick tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is cat-on-cat crime. That's what I'm hoping for at the bank, uh, that they take care of business uh, and see if they can come away with a win, see if this team can crest up at the right time, uh, play off of the success that they had a week ago against the Houston Texans, who did dispatch the Denver Broncos, who was on a five-game win streak. Had to make a big play late to do it, but they did indeed do it. Sneak in a little bit of college football here. We're going to get back to uh, our conversation with the Jags uh, coming up. Joe C., our head coach, Dave Campo, hanging out with us today. Matty Hayes and Big Surs. Mia is off for XL primetime, but will be part of the kickoff show. She and Hayes Carline and then delivering all sorts of social content throughout or in leading up to the game and throughout, that's for sure. Uh, let's do the 10-10 take real quick, JJ, because there's definitely a college football playoff argument that's being had everywhere right now. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. Schedule's tight, right? You went to work today, everyone's looking around like, man, I. when was the last time I had to do, well, 2011. You haven't had to worry about this too often, but tonight you want to get to the game on time, so roll through your area, Sonny's. Pick up some racks of ribs, some pulled pork. You can order all the sides, and they'll have it all ready for you, and then you just plan on tailgating and partying. So FSU's busted, all right? They're hot, they're mad, they're undefeated, and they have no place to go. Totally get it. It was the injury to the quarterback. There's really no other way to explain it away. One other part of this might be the ACC, the fact that Clemson took a dip. There weren't really any other signature wins, whereas you take a look at Alabama as a one-loss team and Texas as a one-loss team getting in with signature wins. So that's probably the key to the selection committee plus the injury to Jordan Travis. But think about what Georgia's going through. Georgia won 29 in a row. They lose one to one of the best teams in America, and they've been told to take a back seat. Hey, Kirby, sit on the sidelines. Suck it, Georgia. That's what they were told. So if I'm Georgia healthy, they are probably as mad, if not madder, than anybody else out there as a one-loss team feeling like they needed to have a path back in. That's the 10-10 take. But I know maybe a little bit of this, Matt, the selection committee's like, do we want another Georgia SEC loss and then a rematch with the team that beat them in the natty and then them go on and win that? Do they want that potential again? I don't think I have anything to do with that, honestly. No? No. I think, I think it was honestly just, okay, Washington's unbeaten in the Pac-12. It's a good conference this year. Had a couple good wins. They're healthy. Everything's good. They're in. Yeah, but if, Georgia. If Jordan Travis was healthy, Florida State's I, I'm in. Not, not talking about Florida State. I'm talking about no, Georgia. I know. I'm talking about Georgia, too. Yeah. Georgia. Here's another thing, too, for Florida State fans. When they when they start to scream about never in the history of the poll, so he does which I agree it. with this. He just goes right back. No, no, no. I'm, this is Georgia. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. This is Georgia. <laughs> never in the history of the poll has, a, has an unbeaten Power 5 conference champion been yeah. left out. Guess what? Never in the history of the poll has a number one team drop from number one all the way out of the poll on the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. Never. It's never happened in the history of the playoff. 
just like it's never in the playoffs history has an unbeaten Power Five yeah, not been in the playoffs. Honestly, it's a good stat. So you you also, can complain. We're only talking about like ten years. You can when we it say doesn't matter, never but it doesn't, happened, well, yeah, but it doesn't I mean, matter. We're it's not still, talking about this is, like a crazy this is, amount of time, right? But this is the structure and format we're using, JJ. Yeah. So this is what I we're know. Doing. I'm just it's saying, like, so, yeah, uh, there's so things can change. It, yeah. It's and I and I know there's all kind of conspiracy theories out there that it was ESPN did it and the SEC did it. Your quarterback got hurt for the season with a game and a half to go, right? Two and a half games to go. That's why they're not in anymore. I'm not I don't, talking I don't, about I, them. No, no, I'm I know that. I'm talking about Georgia. I agree. About Georgia. But I, but I, yeah. I went to Georgia to say that about yeah. Georgia, but it's always got to go back to Florida State because that's what the argument is right yeah. now. Yeah. That's what it is. But you absolutely, to your point, yeah. of course you can make an argument for Georgia. They roll everybody this year. And, they get to that game, they're 12-0. and 0. They play the hottest team in the country. They lose by three, and all of a sudden they're out. And the point I made to you all on the text thread, Leon, is that I'm looking now at Georgia versus Texas. I'm, I'm just I'm excluding Florida State. It's just the way it is because mm-hmm. of the injury. I'm just excluding them right so now. So you think Georgia should okay. be over Texas? Yes. At the very least, you could argue That's that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You could, okay, yeah. because Georgia how had because my they had better wins. Yeah, my logic is take a look at who they played, who they beat, they and who beat they lost. Alabama. To. That's a better yeah. win than Georgia's it, wins. It, you know what though? They right, but like but what if you, mean, you but if you're win, on that Missouri, but if you're on that which Alabama, if you're on that if you're on that committee, you see, okay, it's a completely different Alabama yeah. team. From my week. argument to you guys. Uh, three to me, you to can now. make that argument about Jordan Travis because he's the quarterback and he's not there anymore. Yeah, to it's me, a completely different like, argument. Oh, that was three months ago. Right. Jordan, they're a different team a, without Jordan Travis. Let's, Let's not talk over Texas. each other. Let's not talk over Texas each other. Uh, is has the same quarterback. They have, all they're missing is the running back. All right, so let me get like, back to my point. Totally my point. <laughs> okay, my point is that Texas beat Alabama way back when. Alabama got red hot and then did not lose. So their worst loss is to the Texas Longhorns. Texas's worst loss is to the Oklahoma Sooners. Georgia's worst loss is to the Alabama Crimson Tide, who is red hot. Who has a worse loss or a more impressive win? That's how that's how I think the selection committee should look at it. I do think that Dear, counts. Why wouldn't they look yeah. at it that one team beat Alabama and the other didn't. I I totally get the argument of Texas in season beat, beat beating them, but now I'm not comparing Texas versus Alabama. I'm comparing Texas versus Georgia. That's what I'm saying. One yeah. of the when you say they both have the same record, right? One they both have played the exact same team. One beat him right. and that one didn't, and it was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So that part I do get. I'm now okay. I'm looking at the overall strength of record. Both of them have one loss. Who lost to a better team? Well, clearly Georgia did. Yeah. But so yeah. what? I'm just I, telling I, you, there are so many right, different but JJ, ways you to can't look use, at this. He's, his argument is essentially what you're arguing against Florida State about. Yeah. It's the same thing. What do you know? What are you you're, talking you're, about? You're, you're, your whole point with Florida State is it doesn't matter if they're 12-0. and 0, They don't have their quarterback, right? That's what you've said. You've agreed with that point, correct? I don't really care if Florida State's in or not. I think Florida State... And we maybe could have been put in ahead of Washington. I don't really care either way, though. Like no, I'm not like, no. hey, Florida State has to get in because they're unbeaten or they weren't. I'm just saying this is why the committee didn't put them in because it wouldn't have been a good product. Right. It would have sucked. Nobody yeah. wanted to see that. They, they don't have got blown their out. best player who, exactly. oh, by the way, is right. a quarterback. Exactly. Which, is the, which is the product that, but that we're me, talking about. But to me, you can't say Texas yeah. is in the same boat as Florida State. Yeah. They didn't lose their quarterback. Right. They're Texas, still good. Texas they didn't and Georgia. They didn't struggle to beat their 
they're in their conference game they didn't struggle yeah Texas you know, they and Georgia destroyed are the in last the same two boat. opponents they had yeah. Florida State has really struggled to beat teams without their quarterback they struggled to beat Florida who was also on a backup if Graham Mertz plays we all know the Gators would have won that game yeah and then they struggled to Go beat Gators. Louisville Texas hasn't been struggling anyway that's the, I, they I, almost I think won with, still win they game. almost won with the backup end. Yeah, one of the big negatives against Florida State And if is, you're, like, telling Florida State that's one of their big wins, that's not. Okay, well, so. yeah, but, no, I, one of the big negatives against Florida State is how they came to the finish line, struggling against a bad Florida football team. They were bad. And then struggling against a, which a is, Louisville which team that just got hammered right. by Kentucky. Which is the point I made Saturday on my show is people say, what about Ohio State in 2014? Well, JT Barrett got hurt in the last game of the season against Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. But Cardinal Jones goes in there as a backup, okay? Their first game, they play Wisconsin, number thirteen Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, and they win. Killed them, fifty nine to nothing. Yeah. That's not what. FSU that's why. Did. That's right. why Ohio State got in. Yeah, yeah. That's why they jumped Baylor. Why they jumped TCU and got in. By the way, any Gator fan out there wondering if you can get back, just take a look at that top fifteen product that was called Louisville the other night. Okay, My that God. was a top fifteen team. It's some I mystery. I told you to all, me. Jake Plummer's yeah. terrible. I told yeah. you guys that. Well, he lit us to... up. I don't know how. He yeah, that was the greatest terrible. performance that, I've ever that's seen. More of an indictment on you. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, bring honestly, on a bring on a twelve team playoff. Yeah, it'll be there. It'll be there next. So year. So you think with a twelve team playoff, Florida State would just what? They'd get. They in. would win the national title. No, they get in. No, okay, no. That, I get that. But I'm saying, do those teams now have a better? Like, is Florida State all of a sudden going to? Beat Georgia now, beat Michigan, no, beat they would, because I mean, they're in? In I the 12-team playoff. Not and then, now. And then the mystery would be answered. Hey, they were unbeaten. They won their conference title. They're part of a 12-team playoff. Let's just say they lose their first game, and the, and the, the story's been written. It's plus, over. Plus Georgia might win the whole thing if they were in a 12-team yeah, playoff. Right. Like that's exactly to Joe's point. point. Very true. Yeah, very true. Georgia All right, so, probably deserves to be in over Florida State. Yeah. yeah. And I listen, I was a lot of me was expecting Georgia to go in. And then I honestly had it down to Georgia and Texas. And I, I, honestly, I wouldn't have been upset at all if Georgia went over Texas. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And so I, I kind of – and, and, again, I was just laying the theory out that did you really want – I'm talking about eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Did you really want a college football fan to see Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC and then Georgia beat Alabama in the Natty? Maybe not. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. The sex selection committee probably did not factor that in at all. But that couldn't help but at least enter the conversation. It's, it's also not – I keep seeing on the text line. And Texas had the better win. I You're totally right. agree with that. I'm not going to argue that. On the text line, you can, of course, join us like you guys are, and you're mm. lighting it up right now. It's not about a brand either. You don't think FSU is a big brand? FSU is oh a gosh, giant yes, brand. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know not about else? brands. If you want it's not dog, about the SEC. It's not about ESPN. But if you it's want about dog, your quarterback. If you want to dog anybody, it's the ACC too. And, again, you you would have been in if your quarterback was healthy. That is it. By the way, real quick, and, speaking of quarterbacks, Brock Vandegrift, he's yeah. hit the transfer portal. Yeah. He's gone. He gone. But my but, question is, yeah, when some of these guys enter, does anybody really know? Like, like where will he go and what will he do? I mean, he's – He's solid, man. Can he you might, go back? He might, he might Are you allowed to well. like go back if you didn't find a home? I made it up, mm-hmm. George. George is like, yeah, I, coming I, on. Well, Monday, think about exactly. this. Okay, so let, like, let's think about this. No. Okay, what if what if Carson Beck decides to go pro? So then George has got Gunnar Stockton and Dylan Rail, the the number two overall mm-hmm. recruit from this class. Kirby's going to go get a quarterback in the portal, like a good quarterback. So why wouldn't Vandergrift stay then? Well, he he's, why wouldn't he leave is really the question because he's not going to play. Yeah. All right, let's get ready for Dan Orlovsky. He is coming up, uh, one of the guys that you know drills down big time on all the NFL that 
you get to enjoy each and every Sunday. He's going to join us coming up right here on XL Primetime. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Here's a guy that definitely drills down when it comes to the game. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN joins us as we get ready for a little Monday Night Football action on ESPN with your Jags against the Cincinnati Bengals. Dan, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic, man. Thanks for the time. Uh, we had a soundbite that we pulled from you last week when you said you felt like this team was playing as good as anybody in the league. You still feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, like we, we kind of lose sight. This part of it in the NFL, but lose sight of this is really what uh, – 24, 25 games into the Doug Peterson yeah. kind of regime and really Trevor Lawrence's career and Travis Etienne's career. And so I think you're starting to see this team back into last year and certainly for the most part of this year start to figure out who they are, who they are not, um, what their personnel is capable of, where their personnel excels. And um, I, I think that they are playing outside of maybe San Francisco, uh, playing about as good as anybody. Uh-oh, Dan, phone dropping just a little bit. Hopefully, I'm here. Yeah, there we go. All right, go ahead. Uh, just, uh, you, you know, when um, figuring out who they are and who they're not, you know, and how they want to go about calling plays and what they can get in and get out of. And, again, the – the time frame of where they are organizationally ever since Doug Peterson took over. I mean, outside of San Francisco, I, I don't know if there's a team um, that is so different than everybody else, even top teams. So I, I think they're playing as well as anybody, surely. Dan, this is Dave Campo. Uh, you know I coached your dad, and uh, he wanted me to make sure I – Told you how tough he was, so he was a pretty tough. He was he was a pretty tough uh, nose guard for us back at the University of Bridgeport. So, uh, uh, I'm, I, I have no doubts about it. I, I, I unfortunately <laughs> didn't get a ton of the toughness. I had to go play quarterback. So exactly, uh, I, I got I got brains and an arm somehow, which I'm thankful for. There you go. Well, I, I have a question for you. Uh, I'm sure you've looked at at both the teams that are playing tonight, uh, Jags and. Cincinnati. What's your thoughts yep. on Browning? Yeah, so I actually had Cincinnati in week two this year on Monday Night Football versus their, excuse me, week three. And so we got to spend some time with Jake because they were still unknown in Cincinnati what, what was going to be the deal with Joe Burrow and the calf injury. And so studied them, you know, had a pretty good understanding of what they were going to try to be. He's a good, solid player. I mean, he's, I guess if you, you walked out an NFL backup quarterback that could give you a chance to win, it's Jake Browning. They don't change their offense a ton with him. They get him a little bit more on the move than Joe Burrow, but not a ton more. He's an athletic player. He's a smart player. He's seen a ton. He's got a gajillion reps this training camp because of Joe's injury. So he's a good player. He's a good NFL backup. I'll put it that way. Good, solid NFL backup. Um, and they're so talented around him that their offense can still have some moments of success. There's not going to be a ton, some, uh, but he's a, he's a good, solid NFL backup. Dan, a philosophical question for you. It's a part Jaguars as well. Yep. Why in the world, it's professional football, college football, why are these teams in the shotgun when it's third and a half a yard or fourth and a half a yard? What is going on? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I think part of it, number one, is teams don't spend a ton of time under center. 
You know, the, the league is 65 plus percent play action or excuse me, shotgun. Uh, I think number two, uh, and there's a part of me, I stand on the line uh, with this one a lot. It, it, the league is, is a lot of teams are so RPO centric. You basically can only run one or two kinds of RPOs from underneath the center. If you imagine, close your eyes, um, Drew Brees in college, Purdue, you could, you could take the snap and kick a bubble out to the probably not likely in the NFL on third and short because you're seeing so much man coverage. Um, and so I, so RPO centric in those situations and or quarterback run centric for some of them, that it takes the threat of those away going from the uh, under the center. Uh, I, I remain adamant. Like it happens way too often in, in the NFL. I think they, you know, it, it's part of it is also like your team identity. You know, if, if you want to sit here and tell me that Jackson, let's put Jacksonville, like mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is going to be in a little bit more because there's the threat of the RPO and the, and the zone read and the quarterback run. I understand that. If you're getting in third and one shotgun and you're just playing drop back football, that's stupid. So uh, it's a little bit team specific, but that's the reasoning why teams do it more often than we like. Now, Dan, when I, when, when I was playing, when I was still, we, we constructed our team to beat the Elites. At that particular time, it was the Buffalo Bills. When I came here to Jacksonville, yep. it was the Steelers and the Titans. In what way is this team, the Jaguars, if they're not among the elites, how are they well constructed to beat the elites moving forward? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we, I was talking about this last week in regards to let's just uh, out of respect live in the world. And I know you guys played them earlier in the year where you got to go beat Kansas City, just out of respect. Well, one, to get after Kansas City right now, you have to have two guys on the edge rush-wise because that's their flaw of their football team. Their offensive tackles struggle, won't. Well, it's starting to see that Jacksonville's got that. So you love that. They got really good secondary players when it comes to some of their zone stuff. And then defensively, I think Kansas City's got a high-end defense. Green Bay last night, the best performance offensively I've seen from Green Bay's uh, or against Kansas City's defense. You have to be able to, in a variety of ways, run the football to be efficient because they're so good in man coverage. And Jacksonville is willing and capable of it. That's one of the things that I think gets lost a little bit is Doug Peterson, everyone thinks pass, pass, pass. And obviously Calvin and Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence, that their willingness and capability of getting into 12 with two tight ends or 13 with three tight ends and running the ball and a variety of runs. And I think that they're equipped to do that. I, I think that Jacksonville is probably the, the defense that is most equipped to play against Kansas City. Baltimore, I think, you know, if you match them up against Baltimore, um, I think the uh, ability for them to spread out offensively, this is one of the reasons why I love Jacksonville's offenses because they don't have an identity in a good way. Mm. Like, they're so chameleon-like. They could spread you out as well. I just talked about multiple tight ends and running. They can, I think their empty stuff versus Baltimore's coverage could be really good because getting the ball to guys in space. Um, and then with, with Baltimore's offense, you know, the, the when they get in, my call with their D coordinator puts them in that five-man front defensively at the line of scrimmage. I think they're committing, you know, trying to dictate to stop in the run. So I think with those two teams playing as well as they are, now Miami is is all about where you play them, you know, in my eyes. I think I got them on Monday Night Football coming up. Obviously, the motion, you know, with their offense and the way that they attack the second level of the defense, I think their length helps them a little bit. Um, and Miami's you you got to have perimeter players against Miami's defense because those corners are so good. 
We just earlier today had uh, on the show, we had uh, Kurt Warner and Troy on, Troy Aikman. I think your analysis of a quarterback is as good as anybody in the National Football League. What's the What's the next step for Trevor? I think, well, well. first of all, thank you. That's humbling, especially when you, you, you put those two names above mine. Um, I, I do think it's, it's important to point out that Trevor has taken steps in two big areas this year. Um, and you guys have seen it, surely, the, the use of his legs. I think he's gotten into that Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen conversation. Like, hey, well, two, three, four times a game, you go break the defense's back with the use of your legs. And that's absolutely become a bigger part of his game. And that's something I've begged for since his days at Clemson. And then he's made some big boy throws. You know, I call them big, big DBTs, like big boy throws, man. And you got to, he's, he's ascended into that conversation. Um, two areas that are the next step. One, there are, let's, I'll say two. Two snaps a game, two throws a game where I sit there and go, you can't miss that. You're too good. Your team needs you to make that throw. Um, now, sometimes they make up for it, and sometimes he makes up for it. Sometimes he doesn't. You're, you're not going to go through a three- or four-game stretch in the playoffs and get away with that consistently. So, like, the, the, the two throws that you sit there – and I'm not talking about – you know, him running away from three defensive linemen, falling backwards and flipping a ball 30 yards downfield. But some of the easy misses, there's two of them a game. I go, that, that's a weird miss from you. You sailed that one or whatnot. So, or you, you missed the coverage on that one. So I think that, number one. And then two, um, I think that, like, choking a team out, you know, having, like, the, the, the mindset of, hey, we're up. 20 to 10 in the third quarter, I'm going to go put together a six minute drive and this game's going to be over. And having that mentality and that kind of like take control of the game. Um, I think that's an area that you want to see him and really the offense step into. Hey, Dan, since you are a quarterback guy, we cannot let you go without asking you this Alabama or Florida state. And, and was it the right move to keep Florida state out? Uh, it's the wrong move when, it, as an ex-player, as a person who is obsessed with competition, it's the wrong move, but it's the right decision. Um, I, I had Texas at three and Alabama at four. Uh, did Florida State to earn, earn the right to be in? Yes. Did they deserve the right to be in? Yes. But that's not the committee's protocol. Whether I like that, you like that, Florida State like that, they don't. That's not their protocol. Right. Okay. Um, I think that if we have to be honest about who Florida State was. Unbelievable team. And with Jordan Travis, there was a no-brainer that they're in. To say that he's a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback and that they are not a very different team since his injury, we cannot do. That team that we saw play against Florida two weeks ago in Louisville, that team didn't go undefeated this year and into the college football playoffs. That team went 2-0. and against two bad, you know, one bad team and one team that didn't show up well, and they looked poor doing it. Um, but that's a different team. There's two different teams in, in Tallahassee this year, and it stinks for them, and I feel awful for their players and kids. But the committee and what they're tasked for, you know, Alabama right now is a better football team than Florida State. 
Thank you so much, Dan, for, for joining us. Uh, your dad and I have played a little golf together, haven't joined it down here in Florida. I look forward to meeting you sometime. I watched you a lot when you were at the University of Connecticut. We really appreciate it. Our fans got a lot. Our listeners got a lot from today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much, Coach. All right. Dan Orlovsky, you'll be able to catch him NFL Live and plenty other spots that he pops on. But uh, really the idea, and Leon, I was – as soon as he said those two throws, I'm like, that one to Evan Ingram last week, I wanted that one so bad. That was mm-hmm. the one, you know, just a little hiccup. Uh, and they've all mentioned that. Yeah. All three quarterback yeah. guys that we've had on have yeah. mentioned that. So, mm-hmm. All right, what do you got tonight? What are you thinking? Um, I got Jaguars tonight, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm already blacked out. You see, I got the black oh, yeah. on, on black, oh, on, yeah. black on black. Yeah. You know, I'm already started. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to a Jaguar win, baby. Big win. Big win. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You got it. Soak it all up. All right, Big Sirs is out. Uh, we head into the 2 o'clock hour, and we're going to stay on your Jaguars. Obviously, you can react to what he just said about the college football playoff, all the other things that we've been doing. Don't forget the kickoff show. It is coming up. Famous Quick Lube kickoff show presented by Gatorade, Fast Twitch, and uh, Clearwater Irrigation. So make sure that you are down at Tailgaters when they open it up around 4 o'clock this afternoon. The kickoff show will start rolling at 3, and it will be all Jaguars all into the night, including the fifth quarter. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. We have got our motor running. We've had it running for a while as it is game day here in the city of Jacksonville. All of Duval. You're getting cranked up. I know. You know what? Some people probably checked out, got in their cars right now, fired up 1010XL. You want to know why? Because they're going and getting their coolers. They're going and getting their grill. They're going and getting their people. And they're going downtown. Round of applause for the city of Jacksonville as we are hosting Monday Night Football. First time since 2011. You know what's interesting is we're five games away from the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. And there's a prize out there tonight. Oh, yeah. There is a prize out there tonight. Oh, yeah. You get the number one. You are you are you are positioned as the number one seed in the AFC. And again, they can't take that away from you. You are in the in the parlance of college football, Tark. You control your destiny. Yeah, it's driver's you win, seat. You keep your number one seed. Yeah, it is. It's driver's seat stuff, and it is a result of what happened last night with the Green Bay Packers beating the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, was that an interference uh, on Marquez? Oh my goodness! Oh my. Gosh, and here's the other one. Okay, I had a four-player prop with uh, our prize picks from from Maddie of over course. here. Of course. Okay, listen to this. You ready? Here's what I had. Here's what I had. Jalen Hurts, check. Christian McCaffrey, check. Devonta Smith, check. Rishi Rice, tackled at the one-yard line, and then was wide open when they did that circus play. That inside toss to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Come on, Andy. And and Reggie was open on that play. You remember him, Coach? Oh, he yeah. was releasing on the right-hand yeah, side. Absolutely. He was wide open. Anyway, if they had thrown that flag and gotten them down there, obviously it would have potentially benefited me, okay? Right, right. Because there was a chance that because Rice would have gotten in. You and but guess what? I know another guy that did really bad on picks <laughs> this weekend. Too. Yeah, no kidding. I, I surrender all of that. Just so Jacksonville can get the number one seed tonight, okay? You know, you know that—that's what I'm after. That tonight. was your takeaway from last with the, with the Packers. My takeaway yeah. was, my God, Jordan Love. Oh my gosh, wow. he did good. Yeah, I, I'll give him. And, 
I mean, the last two weeks they played the Lions on the road and mm-hmm. the Chiefs at home. He's got six touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, and, and he's completing seventy percent of his passes. And they, they took it. Growing to Kansas up City last night. My, yes, my nephew, who's a, a high school coach now in uh, Utah, was a coach at Utah State mm-hmm. when he was there. Yeah, and he said he's the smartest kid he's ever been around in all of the all I, the kids he's been around. Man, we all thought he was a bust. Well, I yeah, I got to admit, I have no problem saying right now. I I am I am wrong about yes, Jordan Love. Of course. And the other part of it is, is this might be as much a check mark in Matt Lafleur's resume as anything and the Packers GM what's his name the guy that uh good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the, the guy that got with. clobbered yeah. yeah and because if it were to happen and they showed all the the things last night the comparables between Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers and now Jordan Love just the way things have come together w- with this particular year and Jordan Love is playing clean football he's not playing panicked football he is distributing the football to a lot of different guys. And he's brought other guys up before he thought it was just going to be Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. And then he's gotten Reed and he's got many others involved. And this is after Aaron Jones goes down. You want to hear a crazy NFC North stat? Yeah. Jordan Love is one win away from tying Justin Fields in career victories. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. That is something. Yeah, And don't forget, yeah. don't forget Aaron Rodgers. You yeah. said he learned from the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the head coach. Yeah, the, you're right. You are you right. Know, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers, and there's some learning experience. Not only that, there. I mean, let's, let's be fair well, there to, was a, to Justin Fields. Uh, Jordan Love's got a much better team than Justin yeah, Fields. Uh, yeah, so, so much better. What, better coach, better personnel. But to Coach's point, uh, Aaron Rodgers, there was a while where he was just feeding Jordan Love hallucinogenics. He wasn't teaching him anything. <laughs> and then finally he said, well, you know what? Whenever you get it worked, I can tell you that. Yeah, I need, to be, I need to be a little classier here. I need to impart some wisdom, which he did. Uh, and he helped, um, but they are they're, they're a scary team. Did he not look like one of the league's best quarterbacks last night? They looked well, good. Yeah, and that's against a good defense too. Yes. that's a uh, that's uh, two good defenses in a row. Your Lions yeah. and the Chiefs. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Like I said, I I I came away. I'm like, huh. I I got to acknowledge this guy, and he is playing at a pretty high clip. And we'll find out if it lasts. But yeah. that was real important for them to do that. So Jacksonville can get to their ninth win tonight. We said going into December, this team has twice as many wins this year as they did a season ago. They were four and flipping seven this time a year ago. They're eight and three. They get to nine and three tonight if they beat a Jake Browning-led Bengals team. And then they go up and they face Joey Flacco or Dorian Robinson-Thompson or Walker or who knows up there. Because I think Robinson Thompson had to go into concussion protocol, right? He was the one, right, that, that went did. in. That's what led to Flacco's definitely the Flacco playing. Yeah. So it sets up beautifully two backup quarterbacks, and then L Boogie comes here. We said this last week, Coach. They should be favored in every game they play from here on out because of Baltimore coming into town. Well, they've earned it. You know, they've earned that situation right now. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, Matt has said right along. If they have a chance to get the number one seed – then everybody has to take it from them. That's how important this ball game is tonight. Every game's a playoff game from here to the end. Uh, if you want to be a top team uh, mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, so you know, for me, I, I'm just excited that they're where they're at. They're 14 and four over the last 18, 15 and five over the last 20. Yeah. So that's a pretty good indication of what this team is. And I think the guys all said, uh, you know, that the three the 
the three quarterback guys that we've uh, had on today right. all made the statement that that this team can play with anybody in the league. And that's true. They have to play, though. You know, it's not one of those where you just show up. The rest of these teams, they're going to have to show up ready to roll. And I think they'll be ready tonight. Well, is that, I mean, that one seed, man, you get that break. You get that bye like no one else gets, and you don't have to play that week. That's huge. Well, and, and you're the, literally a game away from being in the championship. The game. other part of it, and, and I, I, I like what – A Kurt, home game. I like what Kurt Warner said. We had him in, in our noon hour along with Troy Aikman, a couple of Hall of Famers right here in XL Primetime, and, and he said it's not like they're having trouble going on the road because look at what they've done. They have now put together a nice little win streak on the road. Right. But he said it's still so beneficial to have people come through your your and in this case come through the bank to see you, if you can. You also it's you know the the they're reshuffled so you're going to get the worst team remaining oh, in yeah. the playoff yeah, coming yeah. to your place yeah. for a divisional game to get to the championship game and coming Huge. into and coming into home field in the playoffs is even more important than the regular season because the regular season. You can be up and down. Nobody goes undefeated in a regular season. Mm-hmm. But when it comes playoff time coming through your place, you should have a definite advantage because mm-hmm. it's the excitement of the game. It's at your place, and, and Let it me makes ask you a this, bigger difference. Dave, do they win that Chargers game if it's in Los Angeles last year, the playoff game? Probably and not. And they're down Probably four not. picks? Probably yeah, that's, not. Yeah. That's uh, a tall order. The stinking Chargers won a six nothing game. Unbelievable! Yeah. I told Just, you they were a fraud. I've said it right along. In let my, me give you a crazy Pat stat. So. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. I, I want to make sure you might need to save that one. If you do, you have Mouth it already. Closed. It's about the amount of points they've yes. given up. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll let's hold save it. that bad boy. You and I will both get credit for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I will give you one at least one saucy for your Jacksonville Jaguars. They are an NFL best eight and three against the spread. Saucy Nubs. Uh, that's my yeah. favorite. That's pretty good. Yeah. Favorite yeah. record. Yeah, eight and three right now. That is your favorite Saucy Nubs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I got him again tonight. Yeah. I got him at like eight and a half or something. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 it's a good, now. it's a good thing. And both sides of the ball are playing well. Don't forget that. We wondered about this team. Ha- have they gotten to the quarterback enough? Uh, you could probably argue one way or the other that they have or haven't. But Mia threw the stat out at the end of last week. And I'm pretty sure this was at the top of the NFL. There is not another team out there that has two rush ins with 30 quarterback pressures. And both Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker have that. That's pretty good. So I think what you're getting from my uh, nominated assistant coach of the year, Mike Caldwell, is pressure at the right time. And obviously the offense is starting to right back on that train, aren't you? Yeah, boy. I have to try back on the train. The two the two areas that are that are really, really important, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, on defense, really three areas. They're they're third in the league in third down on defense. Getting them off the field on third down. Third. That's big. They're fourth in in uh, rush. Average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely stopped the run well. Yeah, there you go. And then they're twelfth in the red zone. So those three areas are extremely important in winning and losing in this league. All right. So let's look at a couple of other things with this game in mind coming up here in just a second. It's XL Primetime. We'll take you right up to the kickoff show with Mia and Hayes down at Tailgaters, right, right off the steps of Everbank Stadium.
Mondays on XL Primetime. Brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room in Fernandina Beach. We've been having a great time getting fired up for tonight's action. Joe C., Maddie Hayes, we got Coach Campo hanging out with us today. Big Surf was in and JJ, of course. Now, we've got the kickoff show coming up at Tailgaters where Mia, who's normally with us, will be with Hayes Carline as they get it ready uh, heading into uh, coverage that will take place at 5 o'clock this afternoon on Jaguars uh, programming. But we've been talking a bunch about this game, all the different storylines. Uh, if it was Burrow v. Lawrence, it would be, as we all know, high stakes uh, of the biggest kind in the National Football League. Uh, but right now, take what you got, seize the opportunity, and see if you could take care of business. Uh, so we mentioned, Coach, you know, some of the things that they were able to do and what they needed to do, be good defensively on third down, stop the run, et cetera. Offensively, what do you think they, they you know, they need to keep it rolling, keep Calvin and everybody else involved? Well, I, you know, this is not a great defense. Mm-hmm. Now, they play extremely hard. I'm talking about uh, Cincinnati. Right. You know, they play extremely hard, but they're not a great defense. Uh, it's interesting what Willie Anderson said about, you know, having one really good pass rusher. Well, they do. Hubbard is not great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's an advantage for us, you know, that because you can zero in on one guy. It's a little bit like our defense in a way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. with right. you know, Trayvon hasn't mm-hmm. uh, – he's getting better and better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a one-sided uh, pass rush. What we need to do offensively is run the football and play action. That's what we have to do to beat this football team because they're not very good against the run. They're giving up five yards of carry. Well, when you're giving up five yards of carry, all I have to do is run it twice, mm-hmm. and you're moving on. Yeah, move so the it's important that we do that. The big plays against Houston, you know, we talk about getting the ball down the field more. The big plays came off of play action. Yeah. Right. You know, right. that's where you get the deep crossing routes and stuff like that. And I think they they forced it a little bit in that ball game. The offensive line did a great job. They have to do that same job in this ball game, and we'll get some big plays in the game tonight. So defensively. We got to get them off on third down. Got to play well in the red zone, which we're doing, and uh, we can't give up the big plays. That's that's going to be important. I think in in your heyday with the Cowboys, you guys definitely wanted to get Emmett going early because that set everything up. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know that this team's philosophy is similar. I think I think this team, and I want to get your thoughts on this. And if it was like this with Michael Michael Irvin, dude, I think they need to get Ridley going early to get him involved, get him invested in the game. Um, was Michael Irvin like that? Like, if he got going early, was he, like, you know, at that point, 100% in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then Michael was 100% in anyway. You right. Know? I mean, if he wasn't getting the ball, he was – Hubbard Alexander, our receiver coach, I had to give him a lot of credit because it was a shouting match for three quarters of the ball game. The ball, Just right. give me the ball, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to do. I don't know what you're planning on, but get it to me, you know. And – but – in, in answer to your question, absolutely. I think once uh, it's the same with the quarterback. You know, that's why you try to get the quarterback going a little bit early, you know, so that he feels like things are happening. If he if know. really doesn't get involved early, it seems like he gets lost a little bit. Yeah. And you yeah. don't hear from him for a quarter and a half. Yeah. Well, that's why they come out in the second half and got after with it with him, you know. But uh, I think that's important. I don't think there's any question. And, and really, you got two teams that are similar tonight because the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars and the head coach of Cincinnati are brothers. Right. And it's the same kind of philosophy. In other words, that's why I get 
we run the ball better when we get our guys to put their hands on the ground. Well, they're not a hands-on-the-ground offense. Mm-hmm. They're a two-point stance offensive line. So, uh, you know, you, but you can run the football. It's more staying with it yeah, more than it is how much you're getting. You know, stay oh. with it. You know, keep that balance to where the defense can't just tee off on you. Yeah, one of the things that I'm trying to remember, it might have been Orlovsky, one of the real things that kind of perked my ears up, is that he said they don't do any one thing well, which is a good thing, because you're not just trying to neutralize one thing. You have to defend a lot of things, and I think that that really is important for people to clue in on. What do we need on third and two? We've got three or four options. What do we need on third and eight? We've got three or four options. And so that involving more than one tight end, which, by the way, is not Brenton Strange. It was Luke Farrell the other day. Right, right. Uh, involving Calvin Ridley early, Christian Kirk doing what he continues to do with his yak yards, a healthier Zay. We know how he can impact the game. Ernest Johnson will definitely be a part of this tonight. And, and ETN has got the ribs that he's dealing with. They do need to be cautious with him. They yeah. really do need to make sure that, like you said, commit to the run, which means he's going to have to barrel it up in between the tackles. But you still got to be a little smart with ETN down, down the stretch here. Yeah, I think that that's where, uh, you know, we were hoping it was going to be Bigsby, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, he's not ready, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just point, he's struggling picking up offenses yeah, and, and protecting, I believe. Yeah, and and to me that that is that's really important with the with the uh, being able to have Dearness Johnson come out with experience yeah. and be able to run the football, you know, and and he he can catch the ball, you know, he's a pretty good back, and so I think that you're going to see a combination tonight. What what do you do with Browning tonight? Do you do you pressure him just to get him off his mark? Do you allow him to – do you just fall back in zone like they've done pretty much all season that you get played two safeties high and just keep everything in front of you? Well, I think you definitely want to keep everything in front of you. You don't want to give them any big plays, and they got a couple of big play receivers. Three right. big – all three of their receivers, Boyd, uh, Chase, and, and uh, Higgins, you know, if he's 100%. So you're bringing you're, – you're staying away from bringing more than they can block Yeah, then. but I, I think you have to be willing to pressure at times, and I think we've done a good job with that. And to me – it's really staying balanced there, too, in my mind. You know, enough man coverage mixed in and, and a little bit of pressure. You know, he is a, a young quarterback, rookie quarterback. Not rookie, but uh, rookie is starter. Right. Uh, you know, but he has the ability to play. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. So we got to get him uncomfortable, that's for sure. All right, we're going to roll through the standings again, give you an idea of what's at stake, talk a little bit more about this big ball game before we hand it off. A Mokama Beer Company Monday. Don't forget, every day they serve coffee, their own creations. And then Tuesday through Sunday, you're going to get a delicious craft lineup uh, inside the tap room, which is a massive old auto dealership right there on South 8th Street in Fernandina Beach, and then also their satellite location in Wildlight. So you got two NASA locations, or you can find them on the shelves. Mokama Beer Company at your local wherever you might go to pick up some great craft. It's Mokama Monday on XL Primetime. Head to the tap room at Fernandina Beach every day that ends with Y and enjoy some Mokama. We're enjoying today. Fired up for Monday Night Football tonight. Kickoff show not that far away. They will launch from Tailgaters Parking. And I've heard from, uh, you know, a number that are headed down there to Tailgaters, and including my man Derek DeStefano. All the vowels except you. 
Uh, he has a playlist that he has as soon as he gets to the top of the Hart Bridge that he will play all the way in to tailgaters. Uh, and there's so many other rituals that are out there, but he's got his playlist perfectly timed to where he's <laughs> heading in. He's got his menu specifically for the opponent in so mind. So we're talking like T-Swift, Beyonce. Oh, yeah. he, he gave me – it's so funny. He gave it to me once before. I don't think it included them. I, I'm not quite sure. I, if I could go back and find it, I might I might be able to. But, you know, he, he's like very regimented. I'm going to be starting to head there. I'm going to be pulling into my parking spot at, you know, X number of time. And I want to say tailgaters is opening up at 4 o'clock. So there will be people coming in left and right from everywhere. Yeah. That's for sure. All right, if you're – if, if you're thinking about one thing tonight, we looked at a number. Aaron Dolan is uh, one of the handicappers on ESPN, and she threw out the number, same number we threw out earlier, Jacksonville's 8-3 and three against the spread this year. That's the best in the National Football League. Last three seasons, Cincinnati is 15-7-1. Was that on the road? 15-7-1 on the road against the spread. So that's a better than 500 mark against the spread. Now this thing is gone from eight, eight and a half, now 10, and we'll see where it ends up going. But more than anything else, I agree with you as far as stop the run coach, but Joey Mixon, when you go back to last week when they were playing the Steelers, they needed to get Mixon involved. They didn't necessarily do it. You heard what Willie Anderson said earlier. Willie's like, run him. Let him get lathered up. It's the only way that that's going to happen. I I don't expect them to be able to do that because I think they're going to be playing from behind. Well, and I think that's part of it as well. You know, obviously you want to, uh, you know, once you get behind, it changes the mentality a little mm-hmm. bit. But again, we, I said this earlier, you know, you got uh, Zach Taylor and you mm-hmm. got Press Taylor. Yeah. And there's been some situations during the course of Press's calls where we didn't think they ran the ball enough. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the philosophy. So, you you yeah. know, you have to kind of force yourself, in my opinion, to do that. And and some of these guys are not willing to do that. You know, that's that's something that I hope happens tonight. I hope they don't run the ball. I hope they throw the ball about 45 times. Yeah, because out of necessity that, that, that they have to. Pat Fryermuth last week basically went off against that Bengals defense. Uh, Evan Ingram should go off. I, I say it every week. I'm going to make a prediction that is going to come true sooner or later. Evan Ingram will be in the end zone tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Number 17 will catch a touchdown pass. Uh, uh, You're going out there right yeah, now on the limb. Trevor had him open, wide open uh, against Houston and just barely missed him. Is that one of your prop bets it going forward? It was one of my I'm talking about this one tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It seems like the Eagles and the Niners pretty much snatch up anybody who's worth a damn in the NFL because once again, Shaq Leonard, who was released last week from the Colts, he's yeah. been snatched up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Their next ne- uh, home or next game, excuse me, is Sunday night against the Cowboys. Mm, okay. Uh, Shaq, I don't know how healthy he is, but when healthy, he's pretty dynamic. There's no getting away from that. That guy can run and hit you. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll probably do this a little bit more tomorrow, maybe a little bit later in the week. Has there ever been a one-loss team that got throttled the way they got throttled in their own yard like they did yesterday? I, I can't think of too many that have been thumped like that in December. They could, They were going for back-to-back years – of 11 wins 
in consecutive seasons. No one else had done it in their first 12 weeks. No one else had done it since the Dolphins way back in the, in the early 70s. I'm glad you said December because I was like, what about the Jags this year yeah, against yeah, the Texans yeah. no, no. Thank, at thankfully, home? Thankfully, that was in November. But, but they weren't even a one-loss team at that point, and, and yet that Philadelphia Eagle team, and we knew it was coming. I was fooled. I took the points. But that San Francisco team took them apart with vengeance and purpose last night. So it, it, it happens. I don't I, think you're signing Shaq Leonard unless you know he's healthy and can yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, I think he was. And if he's healthy and can play, that's a huge get for them. Yeah. I think they were they were parting ways, no matter what. The Indianapolis Colts and Shaq Leonard. I think they had, it had just been done. He they signed him to a big deal. Wasn't healthy. You know all that type of stuff. And he is now, I'm guessing, back to where he's close to 100. percent But yeah. But Philadelphia's looking around like, what just happened? We just got hit hard. By the way, two diehard fan bases, Lambeau Field and uh, Lincoln Financial. Did you not see the uh, visitors team just blanketing those stadium seats? Did you see that? Oh, Did yeah. you see how many 49ers fans were up there in Philly and how many Chiefs fans were up there in Lambeau? Wow. It was something else. Well, the, the, those teams travel. I mean, uh, they really it's do. kind of the same with the Cowboys. You yeah. know, uh, I think there's certain teams that travel more, and, it, and it's teams that are used to winning. Yeah. So when they go on the road, they're supporting the team, but in reality, they're having a party. Right. You know, they figure they got a pretty good chance of seeing a win out yeah. there, and, and that's the teams that travel. Yeah, they're expecting when we get clobbered all the time with all those visitors' uh, jerseys or, or whatever apparel on, yeah. those are two legendary fan bases that, Someone bought their tickets, too. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. It, it do happen yes. uh, that way, that's for sure. All right, so key tonight, Matt. Who's the, uh, who's the superstar coming out of, out of the, the game tonight? I mean, uh, I, not named I, Trevor, of course. Right. I mean, I, I said this earlier. I truly believe it, too. I think you got to get really involved early just mm-hmm. because it just everything runs more smooth when he's a factor out there and, more important, when he's a threat out there. Yeah. When he's a threat out there, when you have the ability of you've got it, this is a guy you've got to watch who can – Clearly beat man coverage and win an individual battle, so you've mm-hmm. got to roll somebody his way to help. If he get if you get that out of him early and he's involved and invested early, it's going to be a lot easier to get the ball to everybody else. Yeah, five catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown last week. Who's the uh, standout guy, Coach? The front seven. Yeah. The yeah. seven of them. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the factor tonight on defense. I think the entire group, uh, they've, got to, they've got to come ready to play. Yeah, I'm kind of going for that number 41 on the outside, you know, making something happen. I wouldn't even – I can picture Foye Luikon continuing to do more things in the backfield. He has gotten to the quarterback more than I think most people would have imagined now that he's freed up. Remember, he's the inside stop-the-run linebacker, and yet Mike Caldwell's been able to draw up and design stuff to where he's getting to the quarterback. Here's another thing, too, Dave, real quick. Um, do we see a little more comfortable offensive line now that – now that Walker Little and, and your your left side of your line, okay, that was uncertain last week, right? Uncertain is probably a good way to say it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, heck yeah. After eight days of practice, are they different? Yeah, it's all about communication. You know, when those guys, a guy like Ezra Cleveland, you know, he's he's just kind of integrating himself into the yeah. into the deal, and and the more time you get talking to the guy next to you, and you know, Walker Little. Uh, you know, made the transition from guard to, to tackle when, when Cam went down. 
but he had two or three penalties in that game. You know, yeah, it's it, you know he uh, he's got to get integrated into back into that mode he's, uh, again. So yeah. I think the offensive line is is uh, this is the best offensive line better than last week. Let me put it that way. Ezra yeah. was just using GPS to get to the stadium on a yeah. daily basis right. and then got thrown in there uh, in such a short amount of time. All right, so. Those are our keys. Looking forward to plenty more. The kickoff show is upcoming. Let's say hello to them as we head down to the bank coming up. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, we're wrapping up prime time. Let's do the uh, introductions to the Frangie slash Jaguars pregame show. Mia, good afternoon. Oh, come on. This ain't the Frangie show, with all due respect. This is the Famous Automotive Kickoff Show. Matt Hayes, with a guest appearance by Frank Frangie, among others. Myself, Hayes Carlion, holding it down as we do every Sunday, but now we're doing it on a Monday at Growler's Bar and Grill on Tailgaters Parking, so make sure you stop on by and say hi. The gates officially open at 4 o'clock here, as well as in the Jaguar Glots. I have been told by sources and boots on the ground and upper management here at Tailgaters that they have scrapped all of the security plans they usually do for 1 p.m. games. This is a brand-new system that they are ensuring everybody gets in to the stadium early, everybody gets on property early, so make sure you come on down here. We have lots of police officers everywhere making sure everything is flowing perfectly, too. Uh, so it should be a good time as we get you set for Monday Night Football. The idea is to wear, pla- wear black, correct? Yes. Oh, I actually have been wearing black, though, for the last however many weeks. Uh, you know me. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious, and it's been working so far. Um, so I was built for this uh, blackout, the Bengals, and, of course, light up the night, which our good buddy E.T. made a video. If you've been hearing about this light up feature on the Jaguars app and have no idea what it is, go on over to the 1010 social channels, and E.T. will walk you through how to ensure your app is updated and you can participate in this fun light show during the pregame of tonight's Jaguars-Bengals game. Can, can your sources give us an idea of what that light show is going to be like? Um, ET actually gives you guys kind of an idea of what it looks like because you could actually test it right now on your Jaguars app. So if you follow the steps that ET has for you and you press demo, you'll actually get a sense of what it'll look like by yourself with the lights flashing Joe's, out of Joe's your camera. Joe's trying right, right now. He's okay, frantically so trying right now. If man. I go to the Jags app is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. I just heard a phone drop. So go drop. to Jaguars app. Yep. Oh, here, oh it is, here, it is. here it is. Yeah. Here it is. Campo and Joe Except figuring out how to download. I wish you could see this, Mia. It's hilarious. Continue. Light shows. Enable microphone. Jags would like to access your microphone. It's okay. two blind guys looking at their <laughs> phones. Squinting at their phones. Enable camera. Okay. All right. Listen, Plus, I'm moving. Joe is not the most technical guy. You know, Are you kidding me? I'm radio. the worst. Radio I'm the right worst. Now, too. This is terrible it. radio. All right. All right. All right. Give us an update. Guess what? Give us a preview for the game, Mia. I've already done it. Uh, yeah, I just got off the phone. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say I just got off the phone, but I did speak with uh, Marshall Kramsky, my good buddy from the great state of New Jersey, who now works in Cincinnati and is going to join us pregame here at Tailgaters Bar and Grill. Um, obviously, with Jake Browning at the helm, I mean, a lot of Bengals fans maybe have low expectations, but talking to some people in the Jaguars organization last night that have worked and played with Jake Browning when he was in college as well as in the pros when he was in Minnesota and now here in Cincinnati, they said you can't sleep on the guy. And so I think it's going to be paramount for the Jags to come out, get off to a hot start on offense, and so force the Bengals and Browning to throw it, especially because we know that Joe Mixon, despite his marquee name, really hasn't been able to get a lot going on the ground behind that perhaps subpar offensive line. Yeah, and if you play with a lead like the Jaguars plan to do tonight, Mixon won't be a factor, that's for sure. All right, well, you guys are ready to rock and roll. 
Yes, and we will be live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, as we always do. And, of course, we are with you till 5 p.m. A whole lot of guests rolling through. I hear we might even get a Jeff Prosser guest appearance. So, you Googans out there, 420. Yeah, 420. We're making a Prosser appearance as well. All right, sounds good, Mia. Thanks. We'll be listening. Thank you. All right, I wish, the tail. wish you could have had it. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have had a – you had a picture of you and Dave. Both well, you scrolling. I was on YouTube. Going, I quit. And by, I quit. And by the way, I, <laughs> yeah. I am I am as technically savvy as anybody in this room. No, you are. Yeah. Not. Well, are you kidding me? me? Uh, you you put me in these wrong piles. Okay, I don't know how you do it, but you put me in these wrong piles. Uh, I just anyway. hear you all the time. Wait, wait, what's going? Wait, what am I doing? I yeah. hear that all the time. Well, that's a totally different subject. <laughs> all right, we are out. We've got all sorts of things going on. All right, JJ, say it again. Yeah. All right. So let's do it right now. Now. Today's Takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Uh, my takeaway is that there's there's a prize out there tonight. Go get mm-hmm. it. Go get that number one seed. You're, you get it, and then someone's going to knock you out of it. Coach? My takeaway is that the Cincinnati Bengals on defense are 28th and third down. They are 29th in rushing. And we need to take advantage of that. My takeaway is take it away. All right? Take it away. You lead the league. You've led the league. Now do a little bit more of it tonight. Take it away. We are done. We hope you have a great time. Be responsible. Designated driver. But get there. Get there early. Make sure you get in the stands, uh, into the stadium, and be loud. We would love to have that atmosphere tonight uh, over the television and on the radio airwaves right here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Thanks to Mokama Beer Company. Don't forget, every day of the week serving coffee, Tuesday through Sunday, great craft. You'll find them in Fernandina and in Wildlight and on the craft shelves at your local Total or ABC, make sure you check out Mokama.com. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Big Surge, Coach Campo, Mia with the kickoff show alongside Hayes, getting ready to rock and roll. Take it away, JJ.